0: 106 miles to Chicago, we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it.
1: Policeman. A policeman is a composite of what all men are, I guess, a mingling of saint and sinner, dust and deity. What that really means is that they are exceptional, they are unusual, they are not commonplace. Buried under the froth is the fact, and the fact is that less than one-half of one percent of policemen misfit that uniform, and that is a better average than you'd find among clergymen. What is a policeman? He of all men is at once the most needed and the most wanted, a strangely nameless creature who is Sir to his face and pig or worse behind his back, He must be such a diplomat that he can settle differences between individuals so that each will think he won, but if a policeman is neat, he's conceited. If he's careless, he's a bum. If he's pleasant, he's a flirt. If he's not, he's a grouch. He must make instant decisions which would require months for a lawyer, but if he hurries, he's careless. If he's deliberate, he's lazy. He must be first to an accident, infallible with a diagnosis. He must be able to start breathing, stop bleeding, tie splints, and above all, be sure the victim goes home without a limp. The police officer must know every gun, draw on the run, and hit where it doesn't hurt. He must be able to whip two men twice his size and half his age without damaging his uniform and without being brutal. If you hit him, he's a coward. If he hits you, he's a bully. The policeman from a single human hair must be able to describe the crime, the weapon, the criminal, and tell you where the criminal is hiding. But if he catches the criminal, he's lucky. If he doesn't, he's a dunce. He runs files and writes reports until his eyes ache to build a case against some felon who will get dealed out by a shameless Seamus. The policeman must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary.
2: As the lawless anarchist thugs of Chaz continue to hold hostage six city blocks of downtown Seattle, With a list of demands that includes abolishing the police, abolishing prisons, racial segregation of the city's hospitals, free healthcare, and free college, because why not? Can we just stop for a moment and recognize how hilarious these losers are? Because literally everything the radical left has condemned about America is now happening with impunity in the woke nation of Chaz. Stop and frisk is racist, the left told us. And yet, when you enter the nation of Chaz, you are subjected to stop and frisk by armed guards at checkpoints. A border wall is a monument to hate, the radical left claimed. But the first thing these radical leftist anarchist thugs did after taking Seattle hostage was build a wall to keep people out. You can't make this up. Firearms are bad, the left proclaimed. Just say no to armed guards at schools. But now, armed guards are literally patrolling the nation of Chaz. Armed guards with firearms. And remember when the left howled that IDs disproportionately disadvantage minorities? Well, in the country of Chaz, armed guards are IDing anybody who comes across their border. And as for justice... Vigilante justice is injustice, the left cried, especially in the wake of the shooting of Ahmad Arbery, and they were right about that. But guess how Chaz is now ruling their autonomous zone, with mobs of vigilantes who accused a man of stealing, almost beat him to death, except that he managed to escape, only to realize later that he did not steal anything. The American criminal justice system is terrorism, the radical left claims, but apparently... Vigilante mobs is the criminal justice system the radical left prefers. And the best for last, we are teetering on the brink of dictatorship thanks to Trump, CNN's Don Lemon warned. We can't make this up. The radical leftist utopia of Chaz is now literally ruled by a warlord. A dictator, an actual warlord. Did you know we even had warlords in America? Finally... Even as the comrades of Chaz topple statues of Christopher Columbus across the country, accusing Columbus of being an imperialist white man who stole land from natives and people of color, what are these Chaz thugs doing? They've driven business owners, which I assume includes black business owners, away from their businesses, and have declared the area to be their own. What is that, if not exactly what they condemn? This is who radical leftists are fascist, authoritarian thugs who also happen to be the biggest, most ridiculous hypocrites on planet Earth.
3: This is Lou Benninger, and this is the 64th episode of No Hostages Radio. It is June 20. This is the June 20, 2020 episode. So I hope you're doing okay, wherever you are in the world. I'm in Northern California. If you're new to us, I'm sitting here in Marysville, California, in Dutch Yuba County, one of the smaller, poorer sparsely populated counties of the uh, state of california we're up here in the part of the state where we would like to be our own state we used to work at a thing called state of jefferson that's still a possibility but the mechanism to get it happening kind of fell apart but there's still hopes because southern Southern california is just much different than we are up up here we don't dislike them we just don't want to be them so, uh um, thank you for listening. We're going to be here for <clears throat> six segments, 20 seconds, seg- 20 minute segments, six of them with some clips in between. I hope you enjoy it. If you don't, there's always ton- This is America. There's like thousands of options. There's lots of great podcasts out there, much more professional than Lou is, but, uh, I'm here each week on Saturdays and, uh, you can, each Saturday morning, there's a fresh podcast, and you can jump on that. So you can either go to your fa- favorite podcast source, or if for some reason you don't have access to that you have access to a computer, you can go to nohostagesradio.com, and you can listen to it on your laptop or wherever, and uh, it's right there, as as well as some articles that I write for local newspaper up here, Territorial Dispatch. <clears throat> so, uh, territorial uh, or not territorial, you can actually you can go to the Territorial Dispatch to see articles as well. dot com, TerritorialDispatch.com. com. It's in a few counties up here in Northern California. Um, so my website is or our website is nohostagesradio. dot com, and and uh, you can look at those articles as well as past episodes of No Hostages Radio. If you want to reach out to me, which it seems like there are a few more people doing that uh, nowadays than when we started, you can reach me at Lou, L O U, at No Hostages Just add, add Lou and the and insignia. Lou at uh, No Hostages Radio, and that'll get Get you an email to me. Or you can dial me up at 530-713-1838. It's 530-713-1838. Okay, so here we go. Uh, We're in our first 20-minute segment. And I wanted to talk to you first because this just is happening. Uh, Each state in the union has been handling this uh, common cold, contrived to be like the Black Plague. I wrote an article about it um, that's coming out. It's actually out on the stands today. It's called Resist Germ Phobia. Uh, this has been a contrived fiasco to take down the presidency in the United States using an epidemic after they tried various other ways to overthrow, overthrow the country peacefully without shooting the president. So uh, I wrote an article about Resist Germphobia. Uh, I just saw before I came on the air here that Tony Fauci uh, is saying that, that somehow Westerners have a resistance to science. I think Westerners love science. What they don't like is corrupt science, faux science, or uh, junk science. They want real science. And what's been foisted upon the the world, and since I'm here in America, on America, where I'm more familiar with this country than others, <clears throat> although I've traveled some in communist countries uh, mainly. But in this country, what's happened here is a, a scam. P- they've run a scam on people to see if they could control the entire population like they would a bunch of lab rats inside a lab. And they've lied to us. They've manipulated people, they've scared the hell out of people, and they've told you things to do that are actually unhealthy. Putting a mask on is unhealthy. Uh, Quarantining yourself when you're a healthy person is very unhealthy. And social distancing is unhealthy. I'm not going to spend a lot of time going into the whys on that, but there's all kinds of people with far smarter than I am that have all kinds of medical degrees, immunology degrees. Uh, that you don't have to take everything Tony Fauci and Deborah Burks, B I R X Burks, says uh, as the gospel truth. I don't trust either of them. And uh, so there's a lot of crazy things going on. Some states didn't close at all, a handful of states. Most Democrat led states <clears throat> are reluctant to open. And Gavin Newsom has has essentially taken control of this state away from the legislature and has become a dictator with police powers. And uh, so uh, this happened uh, last week. Gavin uh, – not Gavin, but uh, James Gallagher, assemblyman that represents the two counties where I'm in here, Yuba-Sutter counties, as well as a couple other portions of a couple other counties – and a guy named Assemblyman Kevin Kiley, his base is in Rockland, California, or Placer County, but he, he also covers a few counties. Those two got together and filed an injunction in Sutter County Court saying to uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, asking the judge to say to Gavin Newsom that he needs to stop violating his uh, laws that restrict his reach and that he needs to include the legislature, he cannot violate the Constitution just because it's an emergency or the Emergency Preparedness Act. He can't just violate those laws. So um, a judge in Sutter County named Perry Parker granted that junction on a temporary uh, basis until, I think, June 26th, when the uh, two Assembly members, Kylie and Gallagher, need to go into court and argue against the state's attorneys to explain why uh, Gavin Newsom's overreach is damaging the state. So that's kind of in play. But in reaction to that, uh, there's been all kinds of things shaken down in the state. Now, if you ever wondered if this is really a serious—you know, there's never been anybody, not one person, that has said that there isn't an illness out there. I've never— I've lived a lot of years in California. I have born here, and I've never seen a year when we didn't have illness, where everybody was, well, healthy all year. We always have things that come to our, our area, right, take a little toll, put some people out of work for a while, sick in bed or something. So we're not arguing that this sickness is a total fraud. What we're arguing is that they overreached and they— They made it out to be a bigger deal than it should have been, like it's an epidemic, pandemic, and if we don't do something, millions of people are going to die. That was a lie. Uh, Everything basically they've said that was going to happen is a lie. They've missed – all their models have been – either you either have to say they're a lie, they're incompetent, or we can't trust what they say, right? I don't think they're mentally ill, so I'm leaving that one out. But the bottom line is uh, Gavin Newsom has, uh, whether he believes this hook, line, and sinker, as they say in the fishing business, uh, he is acting like it is the real McCoy going to wipe out the state. Therefore, it gives him, according to his view of the Constitution and the regulations, it gives him rulership as a dictator over California. So that's what is up for grabs. But in the in the meantime, uh, my argument is this is political. The, the coronavirus is a bug that you can get like a cold, uh, but it's become political. And so they—what do I mean by that? That means they shut down businesses. You can't even attend a supervisor's or city council meeting. They've they've manipulated every aspect of our life, made us stand on dots in the floor, wear masks. Don't touch people, stand apart, uh, not leave your home. It's baloney. The whole thing is total baloney. The only thing that isn't baloney is some people are getting sick once in a while, which happens every single year. And if you want to look up what people die of in the United States or what people die of in California on uh, the Center for Disease Control website, there's lots of websites that talk about that or even the state of California's own Health website, uh, they will tell you that every day in every city in California, there's hundreds and hundreds of cities in California. Uh, if you counted all the small towns and villages, probably thousands, with 40,000 people or 40 million people, you're going to find people dying of all kinds of things. So let's just put the sickness aside. What this is has become political. So what happened in Orange County recently? This last week is one of the top health, not the health. I don't think it was the health director. Maybe it was, but I'm I'm a little unclear on that. Nicole Quick, Dr. Nicole Quick, who used to work here in Yuba County and left because the supervisors took a million dollars of her budget away from her and put it into the jail, her health budget. So she moved to Yuba County or Orange County out of Yuba County and became one of the top health officials down there. She ran into a buzzsaw down there because they're protesting down there that this is a political uh, move by the governor of the state to control the state, uh, violate our constitutional rights. And uh, and so they got into a, a lot of demonstrations down there and people started refusing to wear masks, mask, et cetera. And so – in retaliation governor newsom if you ever wondered if this is political or not i'm going to give you some examples governor newsom made a decision here a few weeks ago to open all the beaches along the coast of california except for orange county the only reason for that is they didn't support him in his election and they were giving him some grief with these demonstrations now um the supervisors wanted to stop this mask nonsense. This has started the last couple of weeks. And so during one of the meetings, Nicole Quick, who instead of seeing herself as a local health official, re- representing getting paid by and being appointed by the Orange County Board of Supervisors hired by them, she's acting like she's an employee of the state of California, just like our Dr. Lou is in Yuba Sutter. And so she was, just repeating what Gavin Newsom's people are saying about wearing masks and people said we're not going to do that and they and they say we we want you to make a decree different than what Newsom she refused to do that so they they forced her to re, to resign and uh, so now they're going to just dump the mask down there well y- today if today uh actually you're listening to it on 620 I'm actually broadcasting in the middle of the night on 618 today, earlier today on 618 Thursday, Newsom uh, did a declaration saying that all people in the state of California, unless you're two years of age and under, have to wear a mask at all times with these exceptions, period. Now, this it's interesting because I can find almost all these exceptions apply to me. And you can probably find some that apply to you, but the point is, masks are are uh, are not healthful. They're bad for you. You should just never wear. I mean, if you're if you're working in a cabinet shop and there's tons of dust or there's lots of chemicals, or you got to wear them, right? You're going into a fire, you got to wear a breathing apparatus. If you're spraying toxic paints, you got to wear a breathing apparatus. But to wear these particle masks restricts your breathing. You're recycling carbon dioxide. You're not getting enough oxygen in, and it's bad news for your your body. So um, masks are unhealthy. They do not prevent you from getting a disease, and they not they don't prevent you from giving a disease to some or, or an illness. So if you look at Gavin Newsom the way he wears his mask, I don't know where that mask come from. It doesn't even cover his nose properly. And there's big gaps. If you'll notice, all the way around the edge, there's gaps all over his mask. It's more for aesthetics and fooling you. That mask doesn't do jack diddly. And so one doctor even said that the that the uh, you're creating an environment in the mask by breathing into it and put moist air. And when dirt gets on there and moist air, that it's a perfect perfect um, environment to create a covid situation so the mask is nonsense and uh, it's all about control and managing the people it has nothing to do with health so it says these are the exceptions to the order i'm going to read them quick because i got a lot of talk to talk about and i don't want to split hairs on this so these are the exemptions that you don't have to wear a mask after he said everybody had the decree went out today. Everybody in the state has to wear a mask, except people two years or under those very, and those very young children, uh, these very young children may not wear a face covering because of the risk of suffocation. Now I want you to hold that thought risk of suffocation. A two year old can get and even an older kid can get discombobulated and, uh, Little children can, uh, if they get short of oxygen, they can run into problems really quick. Older people, too. So um, I don't know whether I have time to get to this, but when you wear a mask, you know OSHA, Occupational Safety and Hazardous Agency, something like that, they rule over all the occupations and and if and if they're operating in an environment that's healthy for their labors there's federal ocean state osha state osha says that you have to have the oxygen level of 19.5 percent. i think it is when you put on a mask it drops below that and and in the osha requirements for workplace that's a violation and you can if your employer is mandating that you wear a mask. Because of this COVID stuff, you can file a file a complaint. In fact, I got it. I didn't bring it in the uh, the broadcast studio here, but it's in the next room. I'm going to get the 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 uh, website where you can go and you can fill out a complaint right online against your employer. You can first. I would tell them. Uh, I. The OSHA them, themselves said that a mask makes an unhealthy breathing situation for workers, and unless there's extenuating circumstances, I'm, this does not comply with OSHA, and I, if you push me, I'm going to file a complaint. So it's the very fact that they put in there there's a risk of suffocation with children is bad news to me. Then this is another exemption. Persons with medical conditions, mental health conditions. In other words, some people say they make me anxious when I put it on. Or disability that prevents wearing a face covering. This includes persons with a medical condition for whom wearing a face mask covering could obstruct breathing. Or who are unconscious, incapacitated, or otherwise unable to remove a face covering without assistance. Next, persons who are hearing impaired or communicating with a person who is hearing impaired where the ability to see the mouth is essential for communication. Next, persons for whom wearing a mask covering would create a risk to the person related to their work. That's what I'm talking about OSHA. See, they're not saying OSHA, but OSHA is all over this, and they've got all kinds of documentation online that I looked at in uh, this week. As determined by local, state, federal regulators, or workplace safety guidelines. That is blowing a big hole through the whole mask thing at work. None of these... W- I see these service servers at restaurants, female and male. They are struggling to keep up because they're they don't run, but they're almost running, moving around, moving around. They're moving all the time and they're not getting enough oxygen and they're struggling. They've told me that without me provoking them. They just brought it up, said, oh, this mask is killing me. Uh, People that are obtaining a service involving the nose or The face for which temporary removal of the mask, in other words, you're getting an operation or you're getting your tooth worked on, right? Persons who are seated at a restaurant, in other words, you, you don't have to have a mask on to try to suck the food through it. This is so ridiculous. Finally, persons who are engaged in outdoor work or recreation such as swimming, walking, hiking, bicycling, running when alone or with household members and when they are able to maintain a distance of six feet. You don't have to wear one. So he makes this big proclamation, right, right in the face of Gallagher and Kiley, uh, saying y- your, your, your authority, you have a lot more authority than the legislature has, but you're running a rough shot over everybody. So what he does is turn right around and says, I got police power. I got all the power I want, and I'm going to call it, and we're going to now all wear a mask. But then they put in all these exceptions. So I told somebody the other day, I'm getting me a mask, but it's going to be that Lone Ranger mask. It just goes over your eyes, and I'm going to have that be my mask and just say, I have a breathing problem. Uh, Okay. So um, it says, Gavin Newsom says, quote, this is, quote, Science shows that face coverings and masks work. That is crap. That is absolutely crap inaccurate, big time wrong. The question is, what do they work at? They work at giving you a heart attack. They work at you, giving you a stroke. Uh, They work at causing you to pass out. That's what they work. He says they are critical to keeping those who are around you safe, keeping business open and restarting our economy. This is baloney people. This is what I'm talking about. This is political and it's just, they're just manipulating people. Do you know that every government person on, on payroll, they're all on payroll, including Gavin Newsom. They are getting paid this entire time. They've never missed a paycheck. They've never missed a day off, paid day off. They haven't missed uh, their vacation times. Any of their benefits they have not missed. While you out there that are employed by others or you have their own business, you didn't get paid. And yet they're making all these rules up, right? This thing, if they wouldn't have done anything, we would have been better off than if they than all the work that they've done on this. Uh, you would have had just a normal some bug moves through the, the community. It would have come and left. That it's like it happens every single year. Uh, so uh all right, I'm gonna leave that. Oh, so I'm gonna go from that. Two, the new Gavin Newsom recall is on, and it started just the other day. It started on June, I believe it started June 10th. So the legal date to start collecting signatures is June 10th. We have 160 days straight running, weekends and everything. Uh, So that means it has to be, we have to have enough signatures to qualify the, for the ballot, good signatures of people that are registered to vote. If you're not registered to vote, and you don't register, your signature is 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 causing us problems. So don't sign if you're not going to register to vote. November seventeenth is the last day to register to or to sign this petition. One hundred and sixty days. So get we. You can whine all you want. You can complain all you want, but it's one hundred and sixty days. I'm going to take a break and come right back. I got some clips to play for you, but I need to take a break and uh, start over here to keep this thing running correctly.
4: Black Lives Matter. I believe that, and most people do. The issue that we have is with the organization Black Lives Matter. And by the end of this video, I think you'll have a pretty good understanding of why. This isn't about what I think. This is about their own words from their own website. Under a section called Defund the Police, they claim this. George Floyd's violent death was a breaking point and an all-too-familiar reminder that for black people, law enforcement doesn't protect or save our lives. They often threaten and take them. That's crazy. They think that the police are more likely to endanger black lives than to protect them. Who do they think arrested the some 8,000 murder suspects in the black community? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't the fire department. They also say they want to end white supremacy forever. So how do they propose you help with this? As a woke white person, they say to donate, fund the movement. Michael Jordan donated. Check out this donation for $100 million. When someone asks for your money, you want to know where is it going? This is where it gets interesting. I want you to pay attention to this right here. Notice how it says Act Blue. What is Act Blue? And what do they do? Well, they're actually a funding campaign for Democratic candidates. And they funded Bernie Sanders' campaign, Joe Biden's campaign, Elizabeth Warren's campaign, and Pete Buttigieg's campaign. They've donated over a billion dollars to Democratic candidates. Yet, oddly, not a single one in the top ten was a person of color. So you're telling me I'm donating to Black Lives Matter and the money's going to white Democrats? That's exactly what I'm telling you. It's not unusual for an organization as corrupt as this one to be disingenuous. Sean King, a notorious activist, had this to say. Stop generically telling us to vote in response to all of the police brutality we have right now. Yes, we should vote, but we have to be very specific. Democrats from top to bottom are running the cities with the worst police brutality in America right now. We voted for them. Wait, so you're telling me you voted for Democrats from top to bottom and they're not helping, yet you're still giving them a billion dollars? Seems legit. I guess even a broken clock is right twice a day so let's get back to the defund the police they want to defund the police and reinvest the money into african-american communities because that's gonna help black people right okay we'll go with that so why aren't they donating any of the money they've received to reinvest in black communities I guess they're too busy donating to the campaigns of white Democrats what could possibly happen when you defund the police well for starters citizens could take the law into their own hands and what happens when citizens take the law into their own hands well you get this yes ahmaud arbery situation where citizens took the law into their own hands. so what has black lives matter accomplished in the last 14 days they've successfully launched riots in cities all across america and encouraged violence against the police. They've donated almost a billion dollars to Democrats, including Joe Biden, the author of the 1994 crime bill, to which so many major issues plaguing the black community can be traced. So yes, they claim they care about black lives, yet they willfully give billions of dollars to the Democrat Party, the party of Jim Crow. The party of slavery, the party of segregation, the party of Planned Parenthood that has systematically destroyed more black lives than police brutality could in 460,000 years. So, excuse me if I don't get behind a movement that's founded on hate, built on lies, and accepts donations and misappropriates them. My name is Joel Patrick, and I hope you're having a wonderful day. It's
5: the job of law enforcement to have guns and to decide when to shoot. You just do not want the average citizen carrying a gun in a crowded place.
6: Former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg made that comment after an armed citizen may have averted a mass shooting by killing a gunman at a Texas church. It hasn't aged well. How convincing can Bloomberg's Only Cops Should Have Guns message be to Americans who have seen and shared fresh examples of unjustified and brutal police conduct? or who have witnessed scenes of rioters and looters putting their lives and property at risk because law enforcement agencies failed to protect them.
7: The NYPD and the mayor did not do their job last
6: night. A good many Americans took responsibility for their own safety, including people who fully support protests against police misconduct, but see no reason to allow themselves to be victimized by hotheads and opportunists. In St. Paul, Minnesota, black residents stood armed guard against looters outside local businesses. Business owners in Kirkland, Washington did the same. A Bellevue, Washington, cigar shop owner chased off looters at gunpoint. They were acting in the tradition of the so-called Roof Koreans, who defended their stores during the 1992 L.A. riots. He's
8: holding a shotgun, and I think one of his purposes is he wants potential looters to see it. I think uh, he wants people, all of them up there, want people to see that they are armed and that you uh, enter their properties at some risk.
6: Many police departments conceded the limits of their abilities. In Florida, Sheriff Grady Judd advised Polk County residents to shoot looters. High-profile psychologist Scott Barry Kaufman, a gun control supporter, marveled on Twitter that when he called Santa Monica police over protest-related confrontation, they told him, sir, the city is under attack. Do what you have to do. For those who have been advising Americans for years that we should lay down our own weapons and trust armed government employees to protect us and treat us with respect, 2020 has been a massive reality check. The year so far has demonstrated, once again, that the police can't be relied on to defend our lives and property and often pose threats themselves. It's the job
5: of law enforcement to uh, have guns and to decide when to shoot.
6: If we were to follow the advice of those who would disarm us, we'd be even more at the mercy of Derek Chauvin and his buddies, and anybody else with ill intent.
3: so 160 days starting on June 10th, ending on the last days, November 17th. Now, if you thought, oh, yeah, we need, we need, you know, I always hear people, we need, or you need, you need to do something, Lou. We need, you need. Let me tell you something. This state is in deep trouble. And uh, I, I don't really care how you're registered to vote. You'd be better off if you're registered Republican. I'm not sold on the Republicans, but I'm just saying if you want to get a chance to vote more for people that want to change the state, you should register Republican if you're not registered to vote. Again, I am not – I don't have Republican blood in my veins, and I don't donate to the California Republican Party. They call me all the time, want me to do this and that. I just said I I won't tell you what I tell them. Uh, It's between me and them. But I am not happy with them, and I'm much more conservative than they are. So you need to register to vote, and then you can sign this. Now listen, this is a much better organized recall than what they we just went through with this last lady at Aaron Cruz Gal, who was a Lulu. So this is much more organized, and I'm going to give you some information here so you can write it down, and uh, so you can go to the website, and and if if you have a computer. You can go to the website and you can print off or what they call download and print off uh, a petition. And you can do there's two types. One's five signatures, one's 10 signatures. So like where we're going to do a big signing at Glad Tidings, we'll, we'll probably print off a bunch of the 10 signatures to sign right there where people line up and sign. And then we're also encouraging people to take the five signature signature. Uh, or they could take the 10 if they wanted, but five, they could take it home and get their neighbors to sign. The cool thing is they just, when they get a a petition signed, they can just put it in the mail to the address at the bottom of the petition and just send it off. And it goes right to the people that are going to be submitting them uh, to the secretary of state to be counted and checked to make sure those are real voters and not a fraud. You get it? So there's a real good website and and the website also has on it a bunch of Facebook um, addresses for each of the counties. Now, there's 58 counties and I think there was 54 or 56 Facebook sites on the on the uh, the website. I'm not going to tell you them over the air. Like I could do the Yuba and the Sutter, but they're long and there's lots of numerics and letters, and I just think it's a waste of time. So if you don't have a computer, uh, and it, there'll be there'll be announcements probably in your media where you can go sign up. Now I heard there's going to be booths around the Yuba Sutter area where they're going to be signing people up, but also at the last, just like in the last uh, uh, recall. You could actually go out to a Monty Hecker's Elite Universal Security. I'll give you that address in a bit uh, when I get to talking about Monty, Monty Hecker at Elite Universal in Yuba County. So I'm going to give you the website right now. And the website, if you go to the Facebook page for your county, they'll probably tell you where they're going to be signing people up. OK, so here it is. It's very simple. All one word. Recall Gavin. 2020.com. So I'm going to tell you how to spell it. Recall is R E C A L L, R E C A L L, and then Gavin, G A V I N, G A V I N, and then the numerics, 2020, right? 2020.com. You go there and then you just follow the The directions you can go there and you can actually find your county if you want to uh, find out where to sign up. But you if you've got a computer and you can just print off a petition, you can just print off a petition and you can photocopy them or whatever's the cheapest way for you to do it. And then as soon as you have your signatures for your five or ten people, just mail that thing in very quick, very efficient. You're not having to coordinate with a bunch of people like we were last time. So uh, it says, the recallgavin2020.com website, it has a mapping system, a power and u- powerful and useful tool, the website is. It says, the statewide coalition of volunteer groups developed and managed for people to communicate, organize, and network together at a local level. That's the, the reason they have the Facebook sites. Now, I'm going to, if you go to my website, nohostagesradio.com, Uh, I'm going to have on the website where I have uh, I'll have websites listed on my website of if you want to go study the Constitution, for instance, or something like that or something to do with today's show. I'm going to list two Facebook sites, one for Yuba County, one for Sutter County, and you can just go there and then uh, like it and join it. And then you'll get in on all the communications and where the signups are. If you want to volunteer, you want to help, how to do it, right? So, uh, okay, that's that. Um, Let me read down here. Local businesses, it says, are needed to register as a signing station or location or a drop zone on the website. Uh, The website, again, recallgavin2020.com says, this is an incredible, powerful, incredibly powerful tool if utilized properly. All members of the community are asked to t- reach out to those stores, salons, eateries, and local bars, even any business to encourage management to participate in this movement. Not only will they be helping this effort, it will likely drive additional foot traffic into their business, and everybody wins. Uh Orin, a guy named Orin Heatley, Heat with L I E on the end. Orin Heatley, the lead proponent, along along with the entire recallgavin2020.com team, appreciate your help. Now Orin Heatley, I happened to talk to him on the phone here recently, and he I believe it was he was a law enforcement officer for twenty-five years. So he's a conservative, he's a former law enforcement, a great guy. I've talked to him for quite a while and uh, so that's the scoop on the website now if you have problems uh, you can always email me if you if you're a listener and um, well i'm just thinking if you if you're a listener to the podcast and you've got to be on you either have to be listening on the phone or computer so anyway pass the word along if you know people That are older people that don't have a computer or don't have a, say, an Android or an iPhone. Help them out. Sign people up that are unable to go do the technological way. Now, here's what's not available. And this has got confusing because I think even Gavin Newsom's people tried to deceive people in the past by saying you could go online and sign up online. You cannot. You cannot. You can't. You cannot sign up online. You have to take pen and ink and sign a wet signature, your address and all that kind of stuff on a piece of paper at a at either at your home on a on a uh, petition you you've run off or at one of these sign up stations. Okay, please don't sign up on some electronic foolishness that somebody sets up a fraud site and then you try to tell people to go there. You did that. It, It will not count towards this campaign. Now, there's 50. Let me see how many. Oh, there's actually more than that. They've got uh, there's 58 counties. They have 69 Facebook pages. So some of them, um, they some counties have two Facebook pages. Uh, but but Yuba and Sutter, I'm going to put those two on my website uh, for this this week. When you once you hear this, you can go to my website and you can. You can uh, pull off the Facebook thing for Uber Center County, whichever one you want to want to deal with. I may even do uh, I may even put in Butte County and uh, maybe Calusa County as well because they're all here. Very easy. So anyway, that's that. So that's the Gavin Newsom recall. We got 160 days. That's November 17th. Listen, just don't sign yourself. Get a whole do Do a few pages. It's just not that hard. And people are uh, people are motivated to sign. But people, unless you ask people to sign just because you heard about it, doesn't mean everybody else is going to hear about it. And I will say that that social media is blocking the communication of conservative causes. So they're not going to be helpful on this uh, recall. Now, I, I was uh, trying to find a couple of uh, Donald Trump ads to play on this podcast, and I kept seeing where there have been certain advertisements that have been either pulled down by YouTube, wh- where they put a commercial together, a re-elect Trump. They've been pulled down by YouTube or uh, any of the other sites, Twitter, uh, Facebook, because of various – Either copyright issues, they're making up all kinds of reasons, copyright issues, um, poor taste, uh, all kinds of stuff. And they're just making up excuses. And the interesting thing was that I looked through page after page after page after page after page of Trump trying to look for Trump ads. And what I found was almost 100%, probably 99.9% of every posting On Google was anti-Trump and it was saying he this ad got rejected this ad was poor taste this ad he lied this ad he he uh, violated copyright provisions there was no proof of that they just decided that because they own that platform and so what I was looking for is the ad that they rejected I wanted to see for myself but it was nowhere to be found (laughs) that's how this presidential election is going to be fought all the social media groups are anti-Trump, and they're blocking or maligning him. If they aren't blocking him or, or taking down what he puts up, I mean, he's having to pay money to, to go on their sites, but they don't even want the money or him on their site. So uh, – but they are scrubbing his uh, ads that he's produced. You can't even find the ad that they've disapproved of. It's amazing. So I'm expecting the same type of resistance from, um, from the, the pro Newsome people. So just, just be ready for that. Uh, okay, so that's plenty on that, I think. Uh, I want to read a few clips here by people that I highly respect. These are quotes from the previous week or two. Thomas Sowell, br- just flat, a brilliant economist and a wonderful man, probably close to 80 years old now, still active, very bright. I don't know whether he's writing articles still, but he said, do the people who are always demanding that there be more training for police ever say that the hoodlums that the police have to deal with should have had more training by their parents instead of being allowed to grow wild like weeds? That's kind of the difference, you know, when people turn out funky. Usually they just got big, they didn't get trained. And it's, it's sad because it it actually cripples them for life, uh, their potential. Cripples their potential. Soul always gets soul, and Walter Williams always get to the bottom of the issues. Now, I want to talk for a few minutes before the second segment ends about the Confederate flag. So I've seen uh, the first time I saw some, the, the monument of their flags being taken down was when Nikki Haley, I don't know whether she was North or South Carolina governor, supposedly conservative governor bowed to remove the the Confederate flag. I thought, I wonder why they did that. Just a pain in the rear, right? So it keeps coming up, coming up, coming up. The symbol of slavery. The fact is that the flag never was a symbol of slavery. Did some people in the South have slaves? They did. The fact is that they just, uh, let me, let me just get to the flag thing. And read what it says. I don't know whether you have a vision in your mind from the flag, but, you know, it kind of has a cross from corner to corner, a strip of stars. And that it's <clears throat> a cross or an X with a strip of stars going each way. And uh, so um, then it has a background to it. OK, so this this article I read says this what this flag really means when they put it together and they debated what should we have on there and what should it why should we have it what should it say the red represents the blood of christ the white border represents the protection of god the blue x remember from corner to corner like an x you'd make in tic-tac-toe uh the white border represents the protection of god the blue X represents the Christian cross of St. Andrew, the first disciple of Christ Jesus and patron, patron saint of Scotland. The 13 stars represent the 13 southern states of secession. So if you remember when there started to be difficulties, most people will say, if you say, what's the Civil War about? Most people will say the, the argument and the fight and the whole issue was slavery Most historians will say uh, that is not accurate. In fact, you're going to hear a clip uh, where Walter Williams discusses that, and I won't spend a lot of time on it. So the 13 stars represent the 13 southern states of secession. Now, the states, the question you always have to ask yourself is what, you know, you heard that thing, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? That's confusing to some people unless you realize that how God created the earth, and then you realize that God didn't create an egg, he created a chicken, had, we had the ability to lay an egg. So which came first, the, the federal government, the nation, or these 13 colonies or states that wanted to secede? The answer is the states came first, or the colonies came first. The colonies started, then they became states, And then they they said, let's form a federal government and call it the United States of America, not the federal government of America. So these – in in each one of their constitutions – and I don't want to dwell on this. I don't want to be redundant because Williams does a better job than I will. They all had in their constitution that if they didn't like the way the federal government was going, they could secede. Okay? Thirteen stars represent the 13 states of secession. Thus – the message of the Confederate battle flag is, through the blood of Christ, with the protection of God, we, the 13 states, are united Are united in our, in our battle or our quest or whatever. So it has nothing to do with slavery. Just because some of the people that flew that flag had slaves, they also maybe wore blue shirts and white underwear. Does that mean that should all be eliminated? It just, it's just crazy. And and the fact is that they had a right to do what they wanted to do as states. If they didn't feel like the federal government was properly uh, functioning in the – did do you realize that the states created their constitution and then gave the f- federal government certain powers? So if the federal government abuses their powers, the people can secede. That's right in the constitution. It's the same thing with – Gavin Newsom, as governor of California, has been has been given certain powers to function, but he's under the control of the Constitution and laws of, of the state of California. And if he violates those, then he loses his mandate to function as our leader. Now, the, many people on Facebook today, when they heard he he went out and made this statement, like I'm going to um, everybody's got to start wearing a mask. People just tell him to f off. Literally, on Facebook. Like, forget you. Go suck it. I mean, there were the raunchy stuff was being said about Gavin Newsom. Like, get out of my life. Don't tell me what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to drink, where I'm going to drive, what kind of car I have to do, how I need to spend my money. You mind your own business, right? Leave me alone. That's, that's one of our rights as, as Americans, to be left alone and not bothered by the government but we've just given into that. So Gavin Newsom's strutting his stuff, trying to be arrogant, and he's power hungry. Now, I want to draw your attention to, uh, I've been a follower of Jesus for a number of years. So if you want to read something interesting, read the read a little bit in the, the first few chapters of the book of Daniel. And you'll get around the fourth chapter, and there's a guy named, you're going to run into a guy's name, Nebuchadnezzar. It's a big word. Just call him Neb. Nebuchadnezzar. He was the most powerful ruler in the world at that time. United States was not existing, uh, so Nebuchadnezzar was over Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar was very arrogant, uh, and he uh, would ask people that he would demand people worship him or be killed, and he was uh, he was strutting his stuff. And he was talking trash one day. And uh, and so uh, a voice came from heaven. You may not believe in that stuff, but uh, just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Uh, we're, at a, we're at a break here. I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to tell you what that voice from heaven, because of his extreme arrogance— Very powerful ruler, the most powerful ruler on the earth at that time. Probably a very bright guy, but very arrogant. And he was blind to spiritual things. I'm going to tell you what happened right when I come back.
1: American comeback has begun, a record 2.5 million new jobs in May, and we're just getting started. Before the pandemic, President Trump made our economy the envy of the world. Now he's doing it again, bringing devastated industries back, working to build factories here instead of China, getting direct cash relief to families, renewing, restoring, rebuilding. Together, we'll make America great
0: again. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message.
9: By now, much of America knows the name David Dorn. He was a 77-year-old black man, a retired police captain, and he was shot in the head last week in St. Louis trying to protect his friend's pawn shop from looters. Now, the face that you might not know is this one. This is 24-year-old Stephen Cannon, who was arrested yesterday in connection with that shooting. Notice how he's, well, he's not a white cop. Authorities say they've identified Cannon as Dorn's killer after surveillance footage from that pawn shop showed him as the only person standing on the street corner at the time that Dorn was shot. The video also showed him inside the store before the shooting and then leaving the store with a gun in his hand. Shell casings were also reportedly found where he was standing on the corner. McCannon has been charged with first-degree murder, robbery, and being a felon in possession of a gun, because as shocking as this might sound, this wasn't his first rodeo. He's now being held without bond. But unfortunately, Dorn is not the only black person to have lost his life in all of this insanity. Dave Patrick Underwood was shot in what appears to have been a drive-by shooting, as he and several other contracted federal officers were monitoring a protest in Oakland, California. 22-year-old Italia Kelly was shot while leaving a protest at a Walmart in Davenport, Iowa. 38-year-old Chris Beatty, a former offensive lineman for Indiana University known as Mr. Indianapolis, he was shot and killed near his apartment as protests erupted across that city. A 21-year-old man was killed in downtown Detroit after someone fired shots into a vehicle during a protest there. More black people have died in the unrest of this past week than were lost in the incident that sparked the whole thing. Now, someone, please tell me how in the world that makes sense, because this argument isn't adding up. So you're mad that a black life was lost, so everyone loses their minds and freaks out in the street. Now all five of these people are dead, five. That's more than half the number of unarmed black men who were shot by police last year. True story. Only nine unarmed black men were shot by police last year compared to 19 white men. Of the roughly 1,000 people killed by police every year, less than 4% involve a white cop and an unarmed black man. If you are buying into this narrative that innocent black Americans are being systemically murdered by the police, you can scream that in the streets all day long, but the stats don't back that up. They just don't. And if you're demanding that we have a conversation about policing in black communities, it can't be a conversation that omits key relevant factors like this one that might be uncomfortable to you. Or like the fact that while black Americans make up only about 13% of the U.S. population, blacks commit more than 50% of homicides at a rate nearly seven times higher than whites. They also make up nearly half of all homicide victims. A black person is over six times more likely to be the victim of a homicide than a white person. 93% of black homicide victims were killed by a black offender. Between 2011 and 2013, 38.5% of people arrested for murder, manslaughter, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault were black. Their victims, also majority black. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to understand that much of this stems from the crippling poverty, fatherlessness, substance abuse, and failed education system that pervades many black communities in our urban areas, areas largely controlled by Democrats. And problems that painting Black Lives Matter on the street sure as heck isn't gonna fix. Taking down a Confederate monument is not going to put black dads back in the home. Renaming a street isn't going to increase graduation rates in inner city schools. Taking a knee doesn't get a young black woman a job. And all the anti-cop protests in the world are not going to stop gang violence. Liberal policies create the cesspool of social problems that become breeding grounds for crime and lead to an increase in policing. This is not difficult, people. If you really want to have this conversation, let's have it, but let's have it honestly. If you're really serious about affecting change and making life better for black Americans, you have got to be willing to discuss more than just police brutality. You've got to be able to think deeper than just scrawling defund the police on a cardboard sign. And if you're going to say that black lives matter, then they all have to matter. Child victims of gang violence have to matter. Chicago shooting victims have to matter. David Dorn and Natalia Kelly and Dave Underwood have to matter just as much as George Floyd did. They can't only matter when they're killed by a white cop.
5: Fathers of America, have you noticed how much attention has been given to the shameful current events? Brutal force and murder by corrupt police officers, racism and riots have been a firestorm throughout America. These events of course are not isolated to just our modern times. However, here are just a few things that isolate modern uprisings from those as recent as the 50s and 60s. With so few fathers today, less than half, that's 46% of all children, are living in a family with two married parents in their first marriage. Church attendance led by fathers is declining consistently, and as a result, the enormous infrastructure of love and community found in the church body is virtually unknown by so many families in our modern culture. Fathers, we have willfully detached ourselves from the power that can heal our land, Its power was demonstrated at the first Thanksgiving, the uniting of the colonies to declare independence from tyranny, and all the way down to the recent Southern Christian Leadership Campaign, whose mission was to awaken the moral conscience of this country through Christian love. During the American Revolution, American fathers then did what any real man would do. They banded together and formed defenses to, and I quote the preamble to the Constitution, secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Blessings only come from the divine, and religion in a family is at once its brightest ornament and its best security," said Founding Father Samuel Adams. It breaks my heart that so many in our country won't be celebrating Father's Day this year because they don't have fathers involved in their lives. Reversing the trend of this affliction thrust on our youth is essential if we are ever going to restore the American family unit. Unless and until we do, despite America's great wealth and prosperity, we will remain divided, destitute." And poor. I'm praying that this Father's Day, American fathers will once again be the Christian example of men who will join together in brotherhood to heal our broken land. Fathers, I implore you, leave a legacy epitomized in the following admonition by Patrick Henry.
1: I have now disposed of all my property to my family. There is one thing more I wish I could give them, and that is the Christian religion. If they had that, and I had not given them one shilling, they would have been rich. And if they had not that, and I had given them all the world, they
5: would be poor. This is Jake McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution, wishing you a happy Father's Day and bringing you The American View. Talking about the
7: midnight game, the one you never seen before. Talking about the midnight but did you see him jump go?
3: All right, so what happened to Nebuchadnezzar is right when he was talking trash about, I'm the greatest in the earth, and no one's like me, and uh, I'm just amazing. A voice came from heaven, and it says, The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox. And seven times, which means seven years, shall pass over you until you have learned that the Most High, or God, rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. In other words, the reason reason you're most powerful king right now is I allowed it, and you're clueless on how you got there. You think you did it on your own. And the Bible says in Daniel 4, Immediately the word was fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. You ever seen somebody just let their nails grow out and they curl? Okay, so why did I bring that up? Because even though California is no babylon in terms of reach around the world it certainly is very powerful financially and has a huge population 40 million peoples a lot a lot of people and so gavin Newsom has been on a roll for years he's really not met any resistance and he's pretty got he's pretty much got whatever he wanted Politically, so he's a San Francisco supervisor for eight years. Then he was a, a, a attorney general, or a, a, a second to the governor. I can't can't remember the title of the uh, second in command. At, not not like the vice president, but same same lieutenant governor. That's the term lieutenant governor. So he's a lieutenant governor under Jerry Brown for eight years. And now he's the governor. So he's not lost any elections. And so he just had a free roll. So he's on, he's feeling his oats. And so I'm thinking that this guy is going to have a mental experience. And I think he's already been mental. He's, he's way over his head. He's way over his head. He took a billion dollars of taxpayers money and bought masks from China at over $3 each when you could have bought them from an American company at under $1 and they're totally uh and the masks from China didn't comply with OSHA stat, uh OSHA regulations but the other masks that New York bought for under a dollar a piece uh are permitted by OSHA so he didn't ask permission of the legislature usually an executor uh, an executive in a county or a city or whatever, even on a corporation, can't go out and just spend an unlimited amount of money without permission of the board. Well, in this case, the board for for Gavin Newsom is the legislature. And they, they're they the ones who determine how to spend money. So it's quite a deal. And uh, But I've been wondering, what is going to be Mr. Newsom's downfall? Now, he's already uh been a morally uh bankrupt individual i'm not I'm not judging him I'm just telling you just the same that I was morally bankrupt as well uh people don't believe any morals apply to them so he ended up having sex with one of his best friends who was his campaign manager had sex with his that guy's wife and uh, while he's out hobnobbing with the best friend having a good time with him confiding in him and everything but screwing his wife now that's the type of guy you have here and uh so anyway i wanted to bring that to you about gavin newsom so the recall's happening and you can get involved in it people people have been asking me what can i do what can i do what can i do about this virus and i just said first thing you can do is act normal so i wrote this article called resist germ phobia and it says, uh, it says, as more people are, be, are convinced of being punked by the government with the corona cold, there will be acts of resistance. That's what's going on right now, this beginning. Many citizens are still reeling from being bombarded with junk corona silence, science, media doublespeak, and the complicity of local officials declaring the cold to be a plague. Yuba County, Yuba Sutter supervisors and county health officer are still jerking people around violating their constitutional rights. Now, I tell people here, the best thing you can do is quit complying, quit going along with the nonsense. If a store demands you have a mask on, just don't shop there. Go to somewhere else. Punish them. Spend your money where they're not demanding or just say, I can't wear a mask because I'm a mental case or I'll get anxiety or I can't breathe. Right. If they insist upon it, like I had a friend, I think I told you this before, she with trauma intervention. Uh, with me and she went to pick up some pizzas for our meeting two months ago and uh and when they she went in they wouldn't allow her to buy the pizzas without putting on a mask she said keep the pizzas you already cooked them but you keep them and i'll go buy some where i can get them without a mask and so that's the way she told them quit doing this i'm not going to comply now um So let's see if I want to say anything more about this. You can read this article. I don't want to read the whole article to you um, because you can read uh, quite well yourself. Um, So I'm going to leave that, and I'll go back to my other page, which is telling me what to do here. So I talked to you about the Confederate flag and the shame of the Confederate flag being taken down, and because those people— believed what was being done in the United States of America was a violation of their constitutional rights, and they acted upon it the best they could do. They were honest. They were, they were hardworking. Many times the families, relatives are on both sides of this issue. But that doesn't mean that we should disparage them or destroy everything of their past, Was taking down statues or whatever. Now, the only, the only country— that's ever done something as literal as what's being done by black lives matter and Antifa and all these people is Nazi Germany. Now I know Jews and some people get all get their undies in a bundle. When we start talking about Nazism, as if nobody can talk about Nazism or neo-Nazi or, or have a picture of Hitler or use a picture of Hitler to, to promote the fact that this is like Hitler because for the, for the Jews or the Jews that went through the holocaust or for the Jews that were the daughters and sons or descendants of some of those that survived nothing could compare to that and i'm not going to argue with that what i'm saying to you is the same s- satanic or devilish philosophy that hitler promoted uh is happening here today its the spirit of it is still alive the same demons that killed were involved in the the deception of killing jesus are they're still alive today they they are not mortal they don't die until until god permits it and so there is a deception in the united states and so here's the things that are that are being done one is under nazi germany they burned and started eliminating um media books and all kinds of educational materials that didn't they were they were condemned they were highlighted as bad and not politically correct, and they destroyed them. The second thing is that they uh, they began to target a, a particular group of people called the Jews, but also other minorities. And they, instead of taking responsibility for the problems in German society, the Germans, the pure Germans, the Aryan people, they began to they made a racism deal out of it. And they began to attack the Jewish peoples and said, if it wasn't for the Jews, our country would be much healthier, physically healthier, spiritually healthier, and economically healthier. The Jews are ripping us off in every way, and the minorities. And so they targeted the Jews and highlighted them and made them wear specific clothes and marks on their body, just like masks on your face. They had to wear patches on their shirts. Diamonds, or not diamonds, but triangles, all kinds of things. And, and eventually they marked their skin. They tattooed their skin. Now the Germans attacked and undermined every institution in society to overthrow that society. That's exactly what's going on. There's it's everything that's going on in the United States right now. There's anarchy. People were hired by the Germans, by the Nazis, to, to actually torment people and create disturbances so the people would be so frustrated that they would surrender to the nazis and let the nazis run everything but the nazis were actually the ones behind the scenes creating the chaos so if you see people out there creating chaos there's people behind them that are just using them like a puppet or a tool and as soon as they get the thing worked up to a fervent lather and there's a meltdown in the country and we're and they throw out the president or shoot him that 's when this other group will take over, and that 's what 's happening uh, right now. Uh, same thing that happened in Nazi Germany is happening to us right now now there 's condemnation all over the place tearing the the Nazis tore down statues, they tore down their history, they rewrote their history uh, they they manipulated their history so now we have uh, recently in this last week or two we 've had all these products that have that have been very successful. Uh, domestic products, food products that have been on the market for 50, 60, 70 years. Uh, and they are Aunt Jemima products like a pancake mix and syrup and Uncle Ben's converted rice, Uncle Ben products, Mrs. Butterworth's syrup, syrups, who I now learn, although I always thought maybe she was a, a Mrs. Butterworth syrup. I, I always thought maybe she was black. But actually, it turns out, Joey Butterworth, who had this amazing syrup back in the day that they'd been at they ended up manufacturing, was not brown. And he just kind of let it look that way. When you filled up the bottle with that syrup, it made her look brown. The body of that Butterworth was the bottle. It was the shape of her. It was like a sculpture. So uh, the interesting thing is now all these are emblems or icons or symbols of slavery when actually none of them had anything to do with slavery. And the latest one is the Land of Lakes Butter. And uh, recently I went, I was buying some butter, and uh, I was looking for what I wanted, certain type of butter, and I was looking at the Land of Lakes brand, and I thought, oh, this has got a really, the coolest logo is Land of the Lakes, or Land of Lakes. And they had a Native American woman uh on the cover of their covering their butter. And, but now they've removed her. So I just want to make a few comments on how ludicrous this is. Now, what, what's, you might just say, Oh, I don't really care what to call call the syrup or the pancake mix. Right. The significant thing is what, what's being done. It's called a psychological operation. It's manipulation. It's, it's taking control over everything you believed and redefining the good and bad of it. So they're saying, if you believed and you bought these products, you're a racist. And these people were manipulated. Now, Aunt Jemima is so fascinating. This is such a – now, here's the thing. If all these personalities were white people, would that not be racist on all these products? Rice, have a picture of a white person on there. Uncle Ben would be white. Aunt somebody – was, would be white on the instead of Aunt Jemima, Missus Butterworth White, Land of the Lakes would be white, wouldn't that be racist? But now that we have actually have people that uh, look favorably upon these brand names, it's the face of the brand, very very successful brands. So uh, Aunt Jemima was actually a lady named Nancy Green. That was the original Aunt Jemima that was her picture and she was a uh, she was hired and paid all the days of her life and became one of the first millionaires in the black society or black culture because of her uh, her allowing her image to be used now today People allow their image to be used all the time. Baseball players, football players, all kinds of athletes, actors, actresses, people that have done heroic work, astronauts. They, they allow their pictures to be put on Wheaties and all kinds of products to sell, sell those products, right? Uh, get well products or fix your knee products or what so anyway nancy green let me read you this nancy green was born a slave she'd miss green in montgomery county kentucky chris rutt r-u-t-t a newspaperman and charles underwood bought the pearl milling company and had the original idea of developing and packaging a ready mix self-rising pancake flour to survive in a highly competitive business, the men needed an image for their product. In other words, I just went through this with one of our gals that used to be in the Yuba County Jail, and I said, "Why don't you start a popcorn business in in Ensenada? Because she'd done popcorn in the past, so she started it. But we needed a logo, and we called it. It's I, I don't. I'm not making money, but I'm helping her. And we called it Miss Popcorn, M I S S Popcorn, and we had a, a little picture of a crown. It looks kind of cute. But we needed a picture to represent the popcorn, right? So they needed the same thing, this Pearl Milling Company, and they came up with this ready-mix self-rising pancake flour. But to survive in a competitive business, the men needed an image. So in in 1889, uh, Rutt attended a vaudeville show where he heard a catchy tune called Aunt Jemima. It was a song sung by a black-faced performer who was wearing an apron and bandana headband he decided to call their pancake flower Aunt Jemima Pump. It, it had nothing to do with slavery. It just it was a name. It was catchy. He heard it in a song. He liked the picture of the person. It was a black person with a bandana on. It wasn't a put-down at all. Rudd and Underwood were broke, so in 1890, they sold the formula to the R.T. Davis Milling Company. Davis began looking for a black woman to employ as a living trademark in other words they just didn't want a photo of the person they wanted the real person and he wanted to uh for the product and he found nancy green went and looked her up tracked her down in chicago she was 56 years old and um so they introduced introduced that product at that time in saint joseph missouri now in 1893 This is kind of interesting. I love this kind of stuff because it's real. I've helped start businesses and this is how businesses start. In 1893, the Davis milling company aggressively began an all out promotion of aunt Jemima. And this is when it really took off. And at the world's Columbian exposition in Chicago, green as aunt Jemima demonstrated the pancake mix and served thousands of pancakes at the, exposition world exposition like a world fair green was a huge hit she was friendly she was a great storyteller tailor you know she was kind of like a food demo person you see in sam's club right but she did it at the world's fair and it was a product they're trying to put on the market and she was a great cook her it says her warm and appealing personality made her the idea aunt, aunt jemima and a living trade she's a living trademark it drew huge amount of people. The Davis Milling Company received 50,000 orders. How many of us would be thrilled to get that today, right? This is back before big any kind of communication was going on. They got 50,000 orders, and Nancy Green was awarded a medal by the fair that year and a certificate for her showmanship. She was proclaimed pancake queen. Now, it's interesting. Now, that's is that is that racist? Because we got all kinds of white girls that'll be the Dairy Queen, the Garlic Queen, the Peach, Head of the Peach Festival, right? The Prune Queen, right? And they get little crowns and stuff. But if you do it here, the Pancake Queen, it's a black person. Somehow, it's racist. Now, this gal, this Nancy Green, was on the verge of becoming a millionaire. This is like in... 1900s early 1900s unbelievable they signed her to a lifetime contract lifetime contract can you imagine and traveled she traveled all over the country and uh nancy green maintained this job until a tragedy happened she was standing on the side of the street and a couple cars collided and one of them ran over the top of her and killed her it, she died in 1923. The Davis company ran into money problems and they eventually sold to Quaker Oats Company. Uh, and they took over in 1925. Now, this they that product, Aunt Jemima product, dominated the market because of the product was great. It was a self-rising pan, pancake mix. And it was really easy for people; they didn't have to mix their own pancake mix. They just poured it out of the box. So it was that first step into convenience, right? But the fact is, they people they just felt there was goodwill in the product. And Nancy Green ended up when she died; she was a millionaire. Not amazing. Now the same thing. Let me take a break here, and then I'll come back. I'll be right
7: back. <laughs>
10: and it's not your law, it's our law. And we all have to live together, and that means it's variability in that law.
6: Well, I will agree with one thing.
2: I will agree that we are a society of laws and that we have a common law, and the supreme law of that land is is the Constitution, not the federal law if it's unconstitutional, the supremacy clause that says all laws must be made in pursuance of the Constitution. I will disagree, however. It is my right... It is not a right that belongs to the government, and it is not a right that belongs to the collective community. It is my right, because I don't need to have a collective community to have the right to life. And those are what my rights are, my rights. And if you want to change how our common law of this nation built under the supreme law of the land of the Constitution, you have the right to do that through amendment of the Constitution, not arbitrary infliction of law.
11: The simplest way to put it, I have problems. I worry about diseases, so uh, I have trouble touching things. Dizzy spells. Nausea. Cold sweats. Hot sweats. Fever blisters. Difficulty breathing. Difficulty swallowing. blurred vision. Involuntary trembling. Dead hands. Numb lips. Fingernail sensitivity. Pelvic discomfort. What if my heart stops, beating?
0: Uh, just because you have problems, you don't have to take it out on the family. We didn't cause your unemployment. The whole country's got that problem. You want to get mad. You get mad at the guys who are responsible. The guys in the White House. Ah, oh, come on, will you? The White House ain't got nothing to do with what's going on in this country. <laughs> President Ford is supposed to be responsible for the state of the economy, the high cost of living, and unemployment. Will you lay off Ford? He's doing a hell of a good job for a guy that got kicked in the head playing ball. (laughs) And I'll tell you something else, wise guy. Between Jerry Ford and Jerry Carter, I know which way I'm going.
7: It's
0: too bad you couldn't vote for your real favorite, Jerry Reagan. (laughs) Yes, buddy. Yes, yes. (laughs) tell you something else about this guy, Carter. He takes that big smile out of his face every night and puts it in the glass. Uh, he doesn't have false teeth. Oh, 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 Joe Foley told me he read that in the National Inquiry. The only paper you read the truth nowadays. <laughs> I'll tell you another thing that was in there. If Carter becomes president there, he's gonna sell more wheat than ever to the Ruskies. Why? So the Ruskies will make more bread than ever. Why? So that Carter can sell them the peanut butter to smear on I don't want to argue with you, Arch. Maybe by the time Joey's grown up, we'll have an administration that'll listen. I can't wait for that. Meantime, who's taking care of the regular Americans like me, huh? The Anglo-Saxons as opposed to the tennis saxes and the alto saxes? Listen, a colored guy gets in trouble, he runs right away to the NCAAPP. <laughs> Italian guy gets in trouble, he runs over to see the Pope if he can scratch up the airfare. If not, he hops a to jersey to see Sinatra.
7: <laughs>
0: and you do anything to a Jew, whoa, boy, hey whole israel air force swoops down on you and kick it the all out of you
7: <laughs> but
0: who's doing anything for me arch you're not alone you got me ma glory and joey oh geez what a backfield <laughs> meatheaded dingbat a woman's liver and a bald-headed kid her acceptance is the way
7: we pay tomorrow all yeah.
3: I'll right know. so so you have this situation same with uncle ben's converted rice it was a special par cooked or pre-cooked rice just great rice and uh That's. It came in a box. I remember buying it. Uncle Ben's. I thought, hey, that's Uncle Ben's. It's quality stuff. Aunt Jemima, quality stuff. Then Mrs. Butterworth came along, and she didn't even turn out to be black. Now, the cool thing, this is a great story I read today. Land of the Lakes butter. And so now they're going after Land of the Lakes, and I guess Land of the Lakes has already removed this Indian princess or whatever you want to call her. Off the, the front of it. Now, this is sad thing. This is this is when you take the time to learn about how did things get to where they got right. So this guy writes this article for the um, Washington Post. His name's Robert Desjarlais. Desjarlais. It sounds French, huh? But he's uh, part. He's Native American. Robert Desjarlais um, is an artist and a writer. And um, he has a son. There's Robert, and there's Robert Jr., I guess. Robert, Robert II. And Robert Desdardis is an artist and a writer. He is from the Red Lakes, Red Lake Ojibwe, O-J-I-B-W-E. That's a tribe of Native Americans. He's from the Red Lake Ojibwe Nation in northern Minnesota. Um, So... Robert says about his father, who was the artist writer. He was a designer of graphics. You know how people you want a, you want a logo, you want a sketch of something on a product, and they can just do it. It's amazing. People are tremendously talented. Robert Des Jar- Jarlay, uh was a full-blown Native American dude of that Ojibwe nation, and he had a gift of drawing art. Right. And so he he got a job, and uh, it was to draw uh, a mascot or a image or a label for land a lakes Native American uh, this butter that they're gonna from Minnesota and so he created this this Native American princess I'll use that term named Mia and um, and anyway, they uh, they took that and put that on there, and it became a symbol of their product. Now, North Dakota Representative Ruth Buffalo sounds like she's also Native American. She's a Democrat. She got her undies all jammed up in her crotch, and uh, she told the Pioneer Press in Saint Paul, Minnesota, that Landa Lake's image of Mia went hand in hand with human sex trafficking of our women and girls by depicting Native women as sex objects. Now, if you've ever seen the little Mia on Land O'Lakes Butter, that's far from it. She looked like an attractive woman, fully dressed, not risque, fully dressed in in Native American garb. Other similarities welcome the company's removal of the butter maiden as long overdue. They just made a big sex object out of this thing. Had nothing to do with sex trade. Having sex with her, it was just an image to say this is where this butter kind of found its origin, right? So, um, so this this guy that's writing this article, the son of the the creator of Mia, he says, "I know the meaning um, of stereotypes. I participated in protests against mascots and logos using American Indian images back in the nineteen nineties. Da, da da. I wrote a booklet for the Anoka." Hennepin Indian education program about these stereotypes. Mia was originally created for Land O'Lakes packaging in 1928. In 1939, she was redesigned as a native maiden kneeling in a farm field, holding the butter box. In 1954, my father, Patrick Dejarle redesigned the image. So Robert's the son, Patrick's the father. He redesigned it. He updated the image, right? Patrick Jarlet um, worked for an advertising agency he said my father had been interested in art since boyhood when he drew images related to his OGB culture after leaving Pipestone boarding school, Minnesota in 42, he joined the Navy was assigned to San, San Diego where he worked alongside animation artists for MGM and Walt Disney producing brochures and films for the war effort in 1946. He established himself as one of the first modernists in America indian fine art now how do we miss this right we go on this big racist bent oh mia she's a slut we're gonna you know we're talking about screwing all the native american women and and sex trafficking it had nothing to do with that this guy is one of the first the guy that drew mia came up with that look to represent and honor his own tribe he was honoring his own tribe He's one of the first modernists in American Indian fine art. He says, after I was born in 1946, my father, Robert writing this. My father moved from Red Lake, Minnesota to Minneapolis, where my father broke racial barriers, broke racial barriers. Now, and uh, now we, we can't have Mia, but this guy broke racial barriers by establishing himself as an American Indian commercial artist in an art world dominated by white executives and artists. The guy breaks the color barrier, Right. And now we we got to trash his work. Unbelievable. It's just like they trashed a statue somewhere, and the guy was an actual abolitionist. That's why they made a statue. He was anti-slavery, and they tore his statue down. This is what Nazism is. They just go out of their minds. So in addition to the Mia design... His many projects included creating the hams beer bear. You remember the hams beer bear commercials? Those are awesome. By often working with native American imagery, he maintained a connection to his identity. He says the writer, Robert Desjardins says I was eight when I met Mia. In other words, Mia wasn't a real person, but I met Mia as a cartoon form. My father often brought his work home and Mia was one of the many commercial art projects. I saw him work on in the studio With the redesign, my father made Mia's Native American connections more specific. He changed the beadwork designs on her dress by adding floral motifs that are common to the Ojibwe art. He added two points of wooded shoreline to the lake that had often been depicted in the image's background. It was a place any Red Lake tribal citizen would recognize as the Narrows were Red Lake. Lower Red Lake and Upper Red Lake. In other words, he was making it very culturally relevant to a Native American tribe that he honored by this Mia. Isn't this amazing? This guy was one of the top creative artists, and he broke the ethnic barrier. And he was highly respected and created a wonderful thing to honor his people. And now we trash it. And we can't have it on there. And we have to have, what are we going to put some white person on there? In my education book, this this, uh, author writes, Rethinking Stereotypes, I notice that communicating misinformation is an underlying function of stereotypes, including using visual images. One way that these images convey misinformation is in passive, subliminal ways that uses inaccurate depictions of tribal symbols, motifs, clothing, and historical references. The other kind of stereotypical misinforming uh, imagery is more overt with physical features caricatured, caricatured and customs demeaned through dominant language or art. Stereotypic imagery allows one to see and believe in an invented image and invented race based on generalizations. I believe, he said, the number of examples, Mia w- wasn't one of them. I said, I provided a number of examples in my book of rethinking stereotypes, but Mia wasn't one of them. Not, not because she was part of my father's legacy as a commercial artist, and I didn't want to offend him. Mia simply didn't fit the parameters of stereotype. Maybe that's why many Native American women on social media have made it clear that they didn't agree with those who viewed her as a romanticized or a sexually objectified stereotype. Instead, Mia seems to have stirred a sense of remembrance and place, one that they firmly, one that they found reassuring about their existence as a native American women. I don't know why land of lakes dropped Mia in 2018. The company changed the image by cropping it to a headshot. In other words, instead of an entire body the adjustments didn't seem like a bow to culturally correct pressure. Perhaps their disappearance this year is about nothing more than the chief executive Beth Ford's explanation that land lakes is focusing on the company's heritage as a farmer owned cooperative founded in 1921. Anyway, it's, I just think it's, it's totally ridiculous and oppressive and Nazi like, and a bunch of crap. Uh, one one person said the other day, they got rid of the Indian and kept the land. Good point. Rip-offs, total liars and cheats, the whole thing. I, I was talking to somebody the other day. What if we changed Aunt Jemima and put Betty White? You know Betty White? She's in her 90s now. Uh, would, would everybody be okay? That's not going to be racist if we put a white woman on uh, the pancake mix, like Betty Crocker's picture or something on a pancake mix. Uh, it's just unbelievable. So the next time you look at Land O'Lakes, Butterworth, Uncle Ben's, Aunt Jemima, you can just—what's behind that is crap. The gal that—you know, today, if I took a person off the street, a woman, and I said, can we use your face, and would you be a uh, a living— proponent of our pancake mix and we will pay you for it and if a person if a person didn't have amazing stuff going on don't you think they'd take me up on it i don't care what flavor they are what color they are but this nancy green who took him up on it and had a life long how about somebody signing you to a life long contract not like 10 years in the major league baseball or eight years or two years at a time none of those guys get lifelong who gets a lifelong contract they gave Nancy Green a lifelong contract, made the woman a millionaire and she died in the 1920s. Man, minimum wage in the 1960s was a dollar 25 an hour. Think about it people. And today we're we're mocking the whole thing and claiming we treated her like treated her like an, a slave, made a millionaire out of her. Unbelievable. People People in this country, I've said over and over, there's a spirit of stupid on the whole stinking country. She never was a stereotype. Patrick Desjardins, what a guy. Well, here, here's here's what communism is, folks. That we're right in the middle of it. That's what Antifa is all about. People think, oh, I had these people down here in Wheatland. They had fuck cops on their... On their uh, placards in Wheeland, california does that make you proud does that make you proud i saw this one black lady this is from last year on some demonstration she found her son down there and she beat the tar out of him and dragged him home doing stuff like this and you know who was down there at the demonstration in Wheeland, california small little farming town Oh, we got a big racism problem down there. Oh, yeah, the cops are just brutal in Wheatland. You know who was down there? Just disgusting guy. Gary Bradford, the supervisor for their identifying with the protesters. You know how disgusting that is? Let me tell you how disgusting that is. They are wanting to dismantle and defund the cops, right? But just two years ago, Gary Bradford was shooting his wide mouth off every day about how we needed to raise taxes to all the residents of Yuba County, 1% more to pay for more cops because we couldn't fund the cops and we needed more and more cops. Now he's down there saying we needed to fund the cops. Does somebody want to take him out back with a rubber hose and just beat him down and hose him down? That for, I'll tell you what, if I was on the city council, I was asked by a lady the other day to speak at one of these forums. I didn't. I said I don't even want to be identified with this. This is communism. These people don't even know. I know some of the people are even involved. Some of them are, actually were involved in church at one time. They, they're idiots. They they don't know what they're doing. They think oh well they're just they're they're standing up against racism. Well good for them. And right next to him a guy saying F U C K Cops. Really? Is that are you are you like done calling cops for anything? You know, it's interesting. I, I had a friend uh that helps me in the jail and she sent me something that was sent to her and it was a guy that was trained by law enforcement and and he has this disparaging article, very, very long article. I didn't read the whole thing, but it was so negative on on law enforcement that the advantage I have is I've been involved in law enforcement, not as an employee, but as a chaplain. And so I've ridden thousands of hours with law enforcement. And so my experience was so different from what it was written. My experience is not perfect. My experience is that like any profession, I've seen doctors in our community be lose their license for molesting patients. I've seen nurses lose their license and be fired for stealing drugs that should be going to patients. I've seen past pastoral type people molest people. I've seen—I've uh, just seen—I in every profession there is, there are thieves, there are robbers, there are—I've seen counselors for Marysville Joint Unified School District molest at least 20 boys, little boys, and I ended up seeing them later on in life, totally screwed up in the head, right? He ended up going to prison. Why do we have to even, you know, it's interesting to me. People act like, oh, yeah, I don't ever sin. I'm like perfect. Like there's Jesus and then there's me, right? Why do we have to even go to the deal of saying there's, bad cops or there's bad baseball players i'm talking about bad character or there's bad any kind of people there's bad stockbrokers that steal from you there's i've met you know i've been i've worked in the contracting business i've worked in the car business there are thieves everywhere right Why do we even have to say that don't you get that and so why do the cops somehow have to have everybody have a perfect record and I just I – don't, I don't get it, but what I – by far in the high 90 percentile, the cops that I've worked with, male and female, top-notch, perfect, nobody's perfect. There ain't no one perfect, but top-notch people, good people. Have there been some bad ones? Every single department in these two counties, there's five of them. There's five departments. There's been people exited out of all those departments, I'm telling you, And and that's that's a positive thing. That is a positive thing. The ability to to identify and remove people that shouldn't be in the business is a positive thing. Going in, you don't know who who's who's uh, the good guys. But here's the here's the problem. You get people that don't know anything about anything. And I, I wrote an article. I'm going to go over it here in a minute. They don't know anything about anything. And they don't – they just take at for a face value what they're being told, which is a lie, and then they go and get in very dangerous situations and protest, right, and, and bust up stuff. Now, in Wheatland, I don't think they busted up stuff, but what they said was gnarly. Now, this – I'm going to just read this to you. Welcome to the Communist Party USA. Now, this is what communism, socialism looks like. I've been there. So I'm just not reading it out of a book. I studied it in college. I've read about it. But I've been there, and I know people that live under communism today and are persecuted. Welcome to Communist Party USA. We can't speak our mind. We can't think differently than those with the mob mentality. We are afraid to leave our homes. We are not allowed to freely show patriotism. We are no longer able to enjoy travel, sporting events, concerts, or celebrations. If you notice that with COVID, all these are gone, it all plays into this. Lou, you're just making too much. No, I'm not. I'm telling you what's happening out there. I know what's happening. We are told when to be home. Some governors have put a curfew on the entire state, people. We are forced to subscribe to fear over a health crisis. We are controlled by the media. Most of you are totally screwed up by the media, and you won't turn the damn TV off. We are not allowed to worship. Pastors have accepted that with smiles on their face. We are forced to erase history. That's what we're doing with taking down all the deals. They're they're burning books. They're getting rid of books that have been uh, Mark Twain books, Huckleberry Finn, all these books. Can't can't read them now. They're offensive to people. We are forced to—see, people aren't able to sort out the right and wrong of history and learn from it. Now we can't even look at history anymore. Finally, we're a force to apologize. We got white people down on their knees apologizing for something they didn't do. It's like crazy. We used to tell people in jail, do not take a plea bargain when you didn't do it. Don't take a plea bargain. Welcome to the New World Order. All right, we're going to be right back. We're going to take a break, end of our fourth segment, and uh, we'll be here in a minute. Okay.
7: To get my fair share of abuse, singing words gonna vent our frustration If we don't, we're gonna blow a fifty amp fuse. Sing it to them. You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you
8: want. To one of those people who's uh, raging against Trump. Uh, you know the protests in America and all that you 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 are you are you one of those who's uh uh acting like you know Trump is the devil himself if you are you're a f- or you're a f- crook because let's look at some realities here. The reality is in Libya right now there are slave markets where black men are bought and sold today as property today. Not 200 years ago, today. And it happened during Obama's presidency, and it happened when Hillary Clinton was a U.S. foreign minister, which is the Secretary of State. Did that bother you? Do you protest? Did any of these people burning and looting and protesting go burn anything then? Are are you protesting the slave markets of Libya? No. How about uh, concentration camps? You think Trump's a Nazi. They're at concentration camps in China right now. Hundreds of thousands of Uyghur Muslim men are in concentration camps run by China. China is having Han Chinese men sleeping with, these Mus- with the wives of these Muslim women, so that they get Muslim—sorry, uh, they get Han children. China is raping Muslim women by the thousands. Are you protesting? No. Are you protesting about the LGBT? Uh, the homosexuals who get thrown off buildings uh, as as sinners for in the Middle East? No. Arab Arab militias killed three hundred thousand blacks in Sudan not too long ago. Did that bother you? No. George Bush, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden sent America to a war built on a bunch of lies that ended up breaking the Middle East and ended up in the deaths of, what, maybe a million people? Did you protest? No. Iran is jailing women for 30 years, only for the sin of removing their headscarves. Does that bother you? No. You guys are hypocrites. Because the reality is that everywhere in the world where there is real horror, real slave markets, real slavery, real slaughter of black people, real concentration camps, real persecution of LGBTs, real persecution of women, you don't give a shit about any of that. You don't give a shit about the leaders of both the Democrat and the Republican parties who caused slaughter of vast scale for nothing. But Trump who hasn't done anything. Who hasn't even gone to war when the American deep state keeps wanting him to go to war? He hasn't even, he refuses to go to war, he refuses to kill people. That drives you nuts. You're stupid. I, I don't know how self righteous you think you are. I mean, every, every bloody idiot in the world, like Salman Rushdie, is giving lectures to Trump about tyranny and dictatorship. Jesus, really. I hope Trump wins in 2020. And I hope that he will make you guys cry for some more years yet. Because you guys are crooks and fools. You guys are dishonest. And you guys are full of self-righteousness that counts for nothing. Because you do not want to look at the real evils in the world. Hey Trump, go Trump, make America great.
12: I was in the house, police knocked on the door. I was right there. They knocked the door down. Everybody jumped over my body to go get the guns and drugs and whatever they could find. It took one guy to stop right there and, and cuss everybody that hopped over me out. Like, what the fuck are y'all doing? They said, oh, no, 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 we was going to see if it, what the fuck are y'all doing? We called the ambulance. An ambulance, do you not see this kid on the floor with this hole in his chest? He said, you, you drive, pick me up, brought me to the hospital. He didn't drop me off at the ambulance and say, you take him. He brought me to the hospital room and made two and stood there and waited till the doctor said he's going to he's go, gonna make it. He said, don't worry, my name's Uncle Bob. He was white as snow. The mother that hopped over me was blacker than me.
8: Was he a cop?
12: Yeah, he was a cop. My life was saved by a white man. I don't know what racism is. I know a good name, Uncle Bob, though.
13: Owned ...a slave. And nobody living today is a slave. So, I don't know what all this talk about is we were slaves because Terrence K. Williams (laughs) has never been a slave. (laughs) So, what you mean, we were slaves? Uh, First of all, I am in my 20s. I am not 400 years old. I was never a slave and I never will be a slave, okay? So people need to stop all of this foolishness. I don't know why we keep bringing up slavery. That was long time ago, okay? If you was born, I said this before, if you was born in the 90s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, you were were not a slave. Slavery has been over for a long time and nobody living today owned a slave And let me clear this up too. every white person's ancestor did not own a slave. Not every white person owned a slave back then. So I don't know why y'all want white people to apologize for slavery when they never owned a slave. Okay. So let's go ahead and stop all that. But don't say we were slaves. Leave my name out of it. Okay. (laughs) Because Terrence is not a slave. First of all. Terrence has never picked cotton. And to be honest with you, I got on a cotton shirt and it's itching right now. I barely like cotton as it is. So I was never a slave. And white people, okay, listen here. Stop apologizing for slavery. You were not a slave owner, okay? And some of y'all don't even know if your ancestors owned slaves. So don't be apologizing for slavery. Don't apologize for something you didn't do. Simple as that, and people want to say, Well, Terrence, uh, 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 well, it's because white people need to apologize for their privilege. First of all, all white people don't have privilege. I know, excuse my language, okay. I'm about to say, Listen, excuse my language, okay. Uh, I know some broke ass white people that are not privileged, okay. That can, and then y'all say they are slave owners. I know some white people that can't even pay off their car. So how they own a slave? And how is that privilege? That's what I want to know. Black and white people have the same struggles, okay? There are black people struggling. There are white people struggling. So, and black people have the same opportunity as white people. Yes, they do. And if they don't, how in the world did we have a black president? Explain that. Explain how we had... If America is so racist, and if white privilege is just the biggest problem in America, how in the world did we have a black president? Hmm? <laughs> exactly. Shut up. Black people are very successful in this country, okay? And white people the majority of the white people in this country want to see black people secede. Seriously. White people love helping people, black people, you know? So don't act like every single white person is against black people because that's not the case at all. That's not the case at all. And I know that from experience. Okay. Because I was once working at a hospital when I was in high school and a white lady, was asking me, how was I getting to school? And I told her my car was messed up and guess what she did. I didn't ask her to buy me no car. She bought me a car. Now how in the world, now how in the hell did she oppress me by buying me a car? Exactly. A lot of people that's claiming they are oppressed. Don't want to work. To be honest with you, get up off your butt and get a job. Seriously. And then how you claim you oppressed but you want to turn down a job at Mickey D's because you don't want to flip burgers. Come on now. How is that oppressed? You just don't want no job. Because if you really wanted to work, you would do anything to work. So don't act like you can't get a job in this country, okay? Now, right now, the COVID 19 stuff is going on. But before that, come on now, let's be real. Let's be real. Let's not act oppressed because I know white people that have black bosses. So how is that? I'm trying to figure out what y'all talking about. Okay? I'm trying to figure that out. I know white people that work for black people. Look at Oprah. Look at all these rich uh, uh, NBA players. Look at all these rich uh, 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 black actors and actresses and doctors and lawyers. Black people are making a whole lot of money in this country. Come on now. Now, people need to stop acting like every white person is rich because every white person is not rich at all. Please believe me. It's a lot of white folks out there that that still owe some money on some loans. Okay? So let's not act like everybody is doing better because we all have this. A lot of us are struggling the same no matter what color we are. Okay? Yes, we got people that are doing better than other people. Hell, I'm... Oprah Winfrey is black and she got more money than half of the white people in this country. And you mean to tell me Oprah is oppressed? Oprah's not a slave. I'm not a slave. So quit talking about we were slaves. People that's working right now at Walmart talking about they slaves. i never heard of a slave getting a paycheck. Okay. I've never heard of a slave getting paid twice a week i never heard of a slave driving a car i never heard of a slave calling in to work people talking about they slaves we were slaves we slaves how you a slave and you calling in the work i never heard of a slave calling in you can't call in the work as a slave come on now i'm just sick of this bull crap, y'all
7: You
3: not, and, not, and so, Monty Hecker runs Elite Universal Security. If you need good security service, if you need security and help, uh, you can get it from him. Now, remember, I mentioned him earlier regarding the Recall Gavin Newsom campaign. If, you, if you're if you in the Yuba-Sutter counties area... Or any county, but if you're here in Yuba, if you want to come into Yuba, you're passing through Yuba, and you go by his business, uh, they're there every day because they're dispatching their their uh, security people. 5548, 5548 Feather River Boulevard, 5548 Feather River Boulevard, that's just south of Marysville, in an area called Linda unincorporated area Fifty five forty eight at River boulevard elite universal security you can call them at 530-749-0280 now if you want a job a lot of people just don't want a job they think the government just take care of them but if you want a good job you're a good person you don't have a funky background you're reliable you'll show up to work they want you they want to make a guard if you say well i don't i want to do that but i've never been a guard they'll train you so, they'll teach you how to do it. They'll put you through the courses. They'll get you certified with the state. You'll be good to go. Teach you how to use a gun if they're going to use an armed guard. Some of their guards don't have any weapons. They just are people that just manage getting in and out of buildings and stuff. So, uh, you can go to their website, api-academy.com. They have online classes, they have in-person classes at 5548 Federal Boulevard. Uh, they also have, uh, if you need a concealed weapons permit, I don't think you need one constitutionally, but uh, people say the rules are you need one if you want to conceal your weapon. You need one in these counties up here. So uh, you can get one, you can get the permit through them. You can get all the training and get uh, prepared to the classes and stuff through through uh, Elite Universal Security. So check it out. Uh, they have a lot of other services Uh, EliteUniversalSecurity.com is another website you can look at, but they can help you get going. The other person I want to mention is my friend Dave Greenitz, and and we were laughing. uh, We happen to attend the same church, so I'm and plus I'm on his. uh, I watch his Facebook sites, and he posts a lot of stuff on Facebook. Uh, I don't actually go to his website that much, but Facebook just comes over to my feed, as you know. Uh, how feeds work and when you get connected to people so you can check him out if you're interested in getting a new kitchen a new bathroom or remodeling your entry or remodeling some part of your house or putting a deck on or putting a whole house fan in and cutting down the expenses on utilities they do amazing amazing work and you can check it out at dave Greenitz construction that's facebook dave greenett's construction or you can go to his website, <clears throat> GreenitzConstruction.com. Greenitz is spelled Green-E-T-Z. That's one word, Green-E-T-Z. If you're old school like me and you look at those photos, you think, whoa, baby, that's that's amazing. I'd love a, a bathroom like that, changing from what I got or kitchen. And you just, I'm not going to fuss around and email him. I'm just going to dial him up and talk to him. He'll answer the phone, 530 682 Nine six zero two, six eight two nine six zero two. Now we were laughing the other night at church because we've known each other for forty some years, <clears throat> and uh, he said he had a customer. He's had lots of people calling wanting him to do work, and uh, so he was telling somebody that he could get to come and see it. He's so busy that within a certain number of a week or so, and then it'd take a couple months to get to the job. And they said, no problem, we'll wait. Now, I told him, I said, okay, that's the new slogan. He's worth the wait. Dave Greenett's construction, he's worth the wait. He is worth the wait. If you've lived at that old funky kitchen or that old bathroom, once he gets on the job, you know, some contractors will start the job, leave the job, start another job, leave that job, start another job, and get three jobs all going, Right. Instead of like keeping on a particular job till it's done, start to finish. Boom. You, once you're in there, you know how rough it is when you ever live to a remodeling, it's messy. It's kind of stressful. But he's in and he's out and gets it done beautifully. Gets all the subs coordinated. And um, I know some of the subs he uses, like painting subs and different ones, they're top notch. So um, Green, it's my new slogan is, he's worth the wait. Okay, you got that? He's got a good bunch of guys working for him, good quality, and he'll make it right. If something imperfect, he'll make it right. Greenest Construction dot com five three zero six eight two nine six zero two. And finally, uh the plumbing doctor, they're working on my house right now. I got a, had a I couldn't get the water to turn off completely on the shower and <clears throat> things have been acting up around here lately. You know, I live in an old house and uh old things need to work on, right? Just like my car needs work done. So it's one, one week I work on my car and next week I work on me. and Then next week I work on my house because things need to be improved, repaired, tuned up. Every once in a while I need to tune up. Plumbing doctor, give him a shout out, 530-671-9111. Every time I call, some lady answers the phone right there trying to make me feel good about my problem. Want me to get fixed. Five three zero six seven one nine one one one, the plumbing doctor serving in Ubisiter counties. Now, uh, <clears throat> I am going to, because I want to get this in. I submitted this article to the newspaper. I don't know whether they didn't like it or it was too long. It doesn't really make any difference. But one thing about it is, I'm not going to keep writing articles if I don't have any place to put them. But I, want to, I wrote an article said, Black Lives Don't Matter to Blacks. That's my title, right? And that may have that may have kept it out of the newspaper that I submitted it to. <clears throat> but I'm going to put this, if you want to read it or you want to take it and send it to somebody, I'm going to put it on our website, nohostagesradio.com. I'm going to read it to you because it's not that long. It's nine hundred words, but it's fast. So I'll, I'll make it fast because I think you need to know this because you're not going to see it in the average newspaper or news magazine. In early America, po- a po- in early America, poverty fighters taught that there were there was good and bad charity. Good lifted a person to self reliance, and bad created dependency. When government took over welfare from private charities, discernment was ditched for mass distribution, whether the results were toxic or not. Today, nearly all U.S. foreign aid is stolen by corrupt officials or actually harms the local economy, according to Dambisa Moyo of Zaire in her New York York Times bestseller, Dead Aid. So when there's a supposed need, how does society get the remedy so wrong? Often people don't know the facts, can't understand the facts, or don't want to face the facts. The truth may not fit their agenda, such as the case with the the supposed Black Lives Matter, BLM I call it, movement, um, that has nothing to do with saving lives, but everything to do with anarchy. Many blacks are killed at the hands of BLM rioters. What's up with that? All the while the institution to maintain peace and order for the nation, law enforcement, is the scapegoat for BLM evil. Shallow thinkers often compare arrest rates of blacks with the percentage of blacks in America and find a disparity as if the two figures should be the same. However, quote, blacks commit crime at exponentially higher rates and blacks are victimized by crime at exponentially higher rates. In other words, higher rates than their percentage of the population according to heather mcdonald fellow at manhattan institute and author of the war on cops kaylee scales a blm leader says modern day policing institutions have their roots in slave catching these systems were created to hunt maim and kill black people now kaylee is is smoked too much weed or done too much pcp or something however i go on to say Former civil rights leader Bob Woodson says that a, that a police brutality problem targeting black people simply does not exist. It is patently untrue and it is not a crisis, says Woodson. The founder of the Woodson Center says that young black people are being taught by other blacks that they are exempt from personal responsibility because all of your problems are related to the white people's actions in the past and your condition cannot change until whites change. Woodson calls this perspective mental slavery. Woodson says the statistics do not support the BLM claim that the police are racist. About 7,500 black people are killed by homicide each year, according to McDonald. Nine, just nine, I want you to hold that thought. 7,500 a year are being killed, period, by homicide. Blacks. Nine unarmed black men were killed in police shootings in 2019. Nine versus 7,500 by blacks. And of approximately 1,000 victims of police shootings who were armed or otherwise dangerous, 235 were black. These are just shootings, not necessarily killings. 235 were black, about a quarter That is twice the percentage of black population, but it does not follow that the motive for shooting the black person was racism. The frequency of officers use of force is determined by the number of encounters with violent and resistant subjects overall. And the rate at which blacks were killed is far less than what their crime rates would predict. Says McDonald. In other words, their crime rates are way out there. And if you looked at, that at level in whites, they're killing lots more whites than they are blacks, percentage wise. McDonald says blacks commit about 60%. Now this is amazing. I think blacks are about 12 or 13% of the total population in America. McDonald says blacks commit about 60% of all homicides and robberies in the largest U.S. counties, and commit gun homicide about 10 times the rate of whites or Hispanics. Thomas Apt, A B T Apt. In his book Bleeding Out in 2019, he says race relations when it comes to urban violence, race relations uh, when it comes to urban violence. Uh, he points out uh, – sorry, I, I misread that. Said, Thomas Apt in his book Bleeding Out says that race matters when it comes to urban violence. In other words, it's the big issue. He points out that homicide victimization rates for blacks were 3.9 times the national average and that 52% of all known homicide victims were black, 2017 data. He could have said that the perpetuation or the per- perpetrators of these crimes were overwhelmingly African-American as well, because they are. In 2018, where the homicide victim was black, the suspected killer was black 88% percent of the time that's an easy number just remember 88 it kind of rhymes 88 in 2018 88% of the homicide suspects who killed somebody were black 88% in 2018 and this is not unusual because from 1976 to 2005 94% of black victims were killed by other african americans listen people If you think that the black community does not have a unique problem that they need to solve, you're just smoking weed. Because if you think some white cop's going to solve it, you're crazy. 94% of all black victims were killed by other African Americans from 1976 to 2005 now that's a big that's a big bunch of years in fact some argue that the high rates of black on black killing have been the norm or the the usual way for over a century isn't that amazing however high crime rates do not excuse police abuses i write regardless of the profession getting rid of problem performers is the key to maintaining high standards and good outcomes Overly strong unions can hinder firing problem cops. Better training is always helpful, but as long as black crime is high in minority areas, there will be more cops than, and there unless they choose not to respond at all. The no response reaction is the Ferguson effect. You remember Ferguson, Missouri? Ferguson effect is the no response. That's when cops says, okay, we're not going to go in there and we're not going to, we're not going to have our presence felt because you don't want us in there. Here's what happened. The police pulled back from doing their jobs. The result was an additional 2000 black males killed in 2015 and 2016, compared to earlier levels, the largest two year increase in 50 years. There you go. Do it yourself. BLM and TIFA And the professional race hustlers are not interested in real problems with the black community, namely fatherlessness, low marriage rates, and self-extermination. It is mainly whites. Now, I want you to get this. This is really important. The three issues that they don't address that's killing white people is fatherlessness, low marriage rates, and self-extermination, like exterminating mice. It is mainly white people and other ethnic groups, not blacks, that have investigated and solved crimes against blacks and protested the aborting of black babies. I have been involved in pro-life for, since 1987. Rarely has I ever seen a black person take interest in fighting abortion of black kids. And more, the higher percentage of black pregnancies, it's the highest percentage in the country, black kids aborted. This is shocking. I'm telling you that when when the the people that investigated seventy five hundred homicides a year are my, are mainly non blacks. They're the ones that are coming in cleaning up the mess. And and the ones that are trying to put together the people in the hospitals from dying are, are other ethnic groups Asian, Hispanic, Blacks, Indian. I'm talking about Indian from India. According to Guttmacher Institute in 2011, I want you to get this. This is going to rock your world. In 2011, 360,000 black babies were aborted. The Centers for Disease Control that same year showed that 287,072 black deaths occurred from all the other causes of death, like heart disease, suicide, cancer, right? So we had 360,000 babies killed voluntarily by the mother and 287,000 died of other causes. The conclusion? Abortion is a leading cause of death among black people, not homicide. White women are five times less likely to have an abortion than a black woman. Maybe it is a matter of availability. Think about this. People say, oh, yeah, we... Black Lives Matter. Bullshit. That's ridiculous. That is a ridiculous statement. They do not matter to the people that are out protesting. Why don't they do something about it? Why don't they stop 7,500 homicides a year? Why don't they stop 360,000 black babies being aborted? We have white people from our church. Standing on the sidewalk in front of Polore Avenue in Yuba City, sidewalk counseling, trying to convince women not to have an abortion. Doesn't matter what color they are; There are usually white people out there doing it. White people are saving the lives of blacks every single day, and investigating their crimes. And they're the and they're the white cops are the scapegoat. They're the evil doers. Black people are the problem with the black people. A study by Protecting Black Lives, that's a group called Protecting Black Lives. A study done by them in 2012 found that 79% of Planned Parenthood's surgical abortion facilities are located within walking distance of minority communities. Now, if you're new to this, you're not going to know that Margaret Sanger, who's the founder of Planned Parenthood, Actually, she wrote, she was a prolific writer, and it's all written, and you can go back and read her stuff. But people just don't, they don't want to, they got their agenda, they don't want to confuse it with the facts. Margaret Sanger considered black people weeds and other minorities weeds to humanity. That means bad seed, dude. And that they should be killed, and they should recruit black ministers to help them to sell them on the idea that they're having too many kids and we need to eliminate them by abortion because black ministers at that time didn't know that there was, there was life in the womb. They were stupid, ignorant, along with the white people, the protecting black lives in 2000, they found that 79% do you know why that, you know why that it's no accident that Planned Parenthood put those clinics there. Because it was easy for the minorities to get there to abort their babies. And my question in the article is, do, do any BLM or Antifa people want to close PP clinics, Planned Parenthood, to save black lives? These people are not going to do anything to save black people. Is it sad when a black person is killed by anybody, cop or anybody? It's really sad, particularly by a cop. Just like it's really sad if a minister molests a girl. It's really sad when a counselor from Kynock School molests 20 boys. It's really sad. It's sickening. It's sad. But to use a scapegoat like white people or white cops or cops, like the other, you know, back in, I got to take a break, and then we'll finish our final deal. Okay, be right back.
7: Have you come here for forgiveness? Have you come to raise the day? Have you come here to play Jesus? To the levels in your head. Where well, did I ask too much? More oh, than a lot. You gave me nothing.
10: So Are you sick of living in capitalist America? Sick of your freedoms and rights and security and due process? Well, come on down to CHAZ! Look at all the wonderful things that communism has to offer. Feel safe in CHAZ with strong border security and armed border guards. Live like a good communist in CHAZ housing just like this. You can live in slums! No need to have ambulances in utopian CHAZ. Turn them into housing. No need to buy clothes. Clothes are free in Communist Chaz. Be a good environmentalist by throwing your trash everywhere and expecting Capitalist America to pick it up. Artists in Chaz are free to create art anywhere they want, even on playgrounds for children and historic buildings. You can even create art on bathrooms that Capitalist America has donated to Chaz. However, I wouldn't recommend using these facilities. Instead, just poop in the street. In Chaz, if you need manure, you can just find it in the street. Feel free to use any drugs you want, anywhere you want. In Chaz, you can plant gardens and then segregate who can garden in them by their race. That's progress. Make sure you deface minority-owned businesses. Progress. Make sure you threaten to kill cops and then threaten to kill everyone who doesn't agree with you. You better desecrate the American flag All good communists do it And guess what? In Chaz, there's no police. So Chaz is completely peaceful. No violence ever in Chaz. Peace and love forever. The best part, in communist Chaz, you can still use capitalism. It's only six dirty capitalist American pig dollars for a hot dog. Or you can just eat food right off the ground. So come on down to Chaz and find the future leftists want. Yay, communism!
0: Can you speak to the anti-Confederate hysteria currently sweeping the nation?
11: Um, Yes, I I think that the, I think people don't really understand much of the history of of our country. And, and and just very briefly, and, and this is in, on my website and my articles, um, and I, I talk about this, and that is, in 1783, uh, 1783, there was a Treaty of Paris, and the Treaty of Paris ended the war between the colonies in Great Britain. And if you read the Treaty of Paris, it says that there are 13 sovereign nations, that is, each state was a a nation and these states came together as uh, as principals uh in um in in 1787 and they created the federal government as their agent and 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 principals can always fire their agents and so um and if you read and if you read the uh the ratification documents of Rhode Island, New York, and Virginia they specifically say in the documents that if the federal government becomes abusive of the powers that we have delegated to the federal government we have the right to rescind those uh those uh, uh those powers that is we have the right to uh, uh secede and so so most americans do not uh understand the uh you know they 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 think that the war was solely uh, for, uh to to end slavery but the war was uh for much more than that and so but however the The winners of any war write the uh write its history and so the uh the confederacy uh has just uh, uh you know they've gotten a really a bad name and i think that uh um i i think that this anti confederacy uh movement uh is uh just uh maybe one more one more step towards um, uh you know towards a- abolishing many of our sim- uh symbols now one can, argue, one can argue whether the Confederacy was right in, in, uh, in seceding, and you don't have to be for slavery. You can be against slavery, but that's an independent argument. Did they have the right to secede? And all the evidence suggests, yes, they did have the right to secede because the states were principles, and they came together and created the federal government. That is, most Americans today think that they virtually think that the states are a creation of the federal government. And a matter of fact, that's the way Congress acts, that the states are a creation of the federal government, but it's actually the opposite..
3: Oh, There was a, in Minneapolis, I think it is, there was a Somali, there, there is still, the guy's still alive, a Somali law enforcement guy. He's a refugee that came here, went through school, got a job, became a cop. And so a middle-aged woman, white woman, called the police for some reason. I can't even remember what it was for. She walked out of her house to meet the police, to talk to them. He got freaked out about something, heard a bang, did something. She didn't. She was armed. She was not under the influence. She was not aggressive. She just went out to talk to them. He drew his weapon and killed her. Did, do you remember a riot about that or anything? A black guy, a black guy, a black cop killing a white middle-aged pretty la, uh, lady that just was freaked out about something and needed police to stop by. He shot her. At the at the at the trial he wept and he apologized and said he made a terrible error. You ever had you ever made an error? I've made plenty. I've made just a big plenty of errors. Fortunately, I wasn't carrying a weapon when I made those errors. But I've I pulled right out in front of people in traffic. Hit, and a guy hit me going 60. Totally my fault. My air. I just, I thought I saw him. I thought I was paying attention, but I didn't see the person. It was an accident. It, it was a mistake. And I destroyed his vehicle. Destroyed, destroyed my vehicle, his vehicle. Fortunately, nobody got injured personally. We just destroyed the vehicles. Ruined his day. My bad. The guy made a big mistake. I don't believe he is racist. He just made a mistake. I don't know why he did it. I I didn't get in on all the where's and – he said he heard a bang and it freaked him out and he drew his gun, killed her, killed an innocent woman. Didn't have to – she wasn't resisting him. She was just trying to give him some information. She she wasn't combative. She wasn't needing to be tased. She didn't do anything. She didn't – there was no takedown. She was not the perpetrator. She was just reporting a crime. She got caught, shot, killed. There were no riots by white people stealing big TVs, tennis shoes, all the stuff. Right? My contention in this article is black lives don't matter to blacks. They don't. Do does some blacks are some blacks concerned about blacks? Of course. I'm telling. I'm speaking in generalities. It's just like a lot of white lives don't matter to white people. They're more caught up in making money and going on vacation and enjoying their life, right but then there's other people who devote their lives to helping people. It's just difference i'm just saying i'm not saying I'm not judging them I'm just saying they don't matter to other blacks. Nobody is addressing this a very few people are there's not enough all the big big leaders aren't addressing this. what What does matter are political power what do matter are political power and destroying america that's that's a conclusion to this. Antifa is being backed by communists and George Soros, and they're funded with millions and millions of dollars, Antifa and Black Lives Black Lives Matters is just a temporary front organization to take down the presidency. But this, the, if you want to get it, when you, I'm telling you, the, there's a lot of great information on the sociological situation in the black community. That do, I'm, not, I'm not letting whites off the hook. The whites have their own problem. I'm just saying when you say black when you put on a sign and you say fuck cops, that don't that doesn't wash well for me. And when you put on a sign black lives matter, that doesn't that's BS because they do matter. They what what that's saying is. It's, it's saying in the reverse, it's saying by saying black lives matter, it's saying like a lot of you don't think they matter. No, 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 you got it wrong. The ones that really feel that blacks matter are white people, non-blacks. I'll, I, when I throw in white, I'm just talking about Asian, the whole bunch of them. Because when you go to the ER over here, there's blacks work over there, but the majority are non-blacks and they're working on all the blacks coming in there, overdosing, shooting each other, stabbing each other, beating each other up driving drunk. They're putting them together over here in the ER, right over at Adventist ER. That's, that's showing some love, those doctors and nurses. And it's insulting to just try to say, Oh, well, you know, because nobody else is saying Asian lives matter, you know, and, and remember, I read what a communist, you can't say things that are the truth without being put down right now. You can't say things without, without getting a lot of blowback. If you say in a, in a public workspace, well, all lives matter. People get all flustered. It's just people have lost their minds. When you want to go look at the facts on what's going on in the black community, it's shocking. But unless you go look at them, you're not going to be motivated to do anything about it because they're just killing each other off left and right. If if we hadn't had abortion and we didn't have the black murder problem of blacks, the population would be huge of of black people. Might be twice as much, ten, maybe even fifty percent as much. They have killed off their own people. That cops didn't do that. Cops aren't killing enough of them to do any damage. You think? Oh well, one life makes a difference. No, it doesn't. Let me, I'll just tell you an example. All these, these are straw man arguments. It's BS. I've, I've been running trauma intervention for years, and we lose a lot of old and young people, even children, even babies, in car accidents. Not one person in 26 years, and I've seen probably 500 deaths by car accidents. Not one person of the survivors of those people ever suggested we got to get cars off the road and go back to horses. Not one person. Why? It wasn't that they didn't care about people. It's just like, hey, it's the risk you take when you get out there and drive, right? When you, or you ride in a car, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous event getting in a car or driving a car. I mean, if we really knew how dangerous it was, we probably wouldn't chew gum. We wouldn't take any makeup. We wouldn't eat a burger, drink a cup of coffee, or even run music. We'd just focus on the highway. Nobody's ever suggested stop driving. So when these people say, well, it's worth it if we just save one life, no, it, it just those are just cute sayings that don't mean jack. The fact is that, in whatever year it was, two thousand eighteen or whatever it was, nine black people, unarmed, were shot and killed. Now, maybe they were killed for good reason. Let me get let me get back over here and let me just tie something else in. I got man, I got a lot of good stuff to talk about today, but it just just not enough time to do everything. But I'm not. I'm not trying to boast. It's just, there's just a lot going on. Let me just, this guy, I think they may even made it, Rayshard Brooks. Rayshard Brooks. I think they may even made arrest, but the police chief says, hey, it was a, it was, it's tragic, but it was a legit killing. In other words, honestly, I, I have never been when we fired weapons on people, but I've been there on the street when people got shot in the chest other people shot him. In fact, it was black shooting a black. And he was shot right in the chest laying on D Street in Marysville by the lake. So let me just give you the Shard Brooks breakdown. Maybe you saw this on video. But let's just look at it. A man gets drunk and drove to Wendy's. Right? He's driving drunk. And he's at Wendy's. And he passes out in the drive-thru. So Wendy's calls the police, right? The guy's out. Did he have a heart attack? Is he having an epileptic seizure? Did he die? You know, we're talking about an 18-year-old girl, probably taking a or a boy. You know, they're just doing. They're trying to help. Mistake one: guy drives drunk and drives to Wendy's. Mistake two: he passes out in the drive-through. The place number three: mistake. Police show up. And he fails the field sobriety test. You're drunk, you're drunk. But he shouldn't have been out back on the road. Okay. Have you done have I done it? I've done it. I was really stupid. I didn't have this experience. Number four mistake, he resists arrest. If he would have just put his hands behind his back and got in the car, he would have been good to go. They'd have fed him, they'd have bled him down, they'd have given him a warm blanket, uh shower he'd be good to go let let him out the next day but he didn't he resisted arrest that's mistake four mistake number five he takes the taser in the wrestling with the cop he takes the taser and tries to use it against the officer it's interesting people think oh that's no big deal tasers don't hurt it's no big deal what if it, the taser hits you in the eye yeah, I've seen people shot with a taser. It's it's major uncomfortable, but it doesn't kill them. But for the officer, it's a risk. So the mistake is he steals the taser, grabs the taser from the belt of one of the officers, and he points it at the cops. He tries to use it at the officer. That's num- mistake number six. Finally, he gets shot for it. They shoot him. So this says, instead of placing any responsibility on that man, people are rioting and blaming the police. And the question is, for what? I I, I certainly, if I was wrestling with a guy and he pulled my taser and he tried to shoot me with it, I would shoot the dude with a bullet. That's what I would do. Now I want to read this. This is a, a little long, but I think I can jam it in here. It's written by Travis Yates he says this is the hardest thing I've ever written I grew up in law enforcement family my father worked his way up to the rank to captain at Fort Smith Arkansas Police Department as a kid I remember going with him on Friday to pick up his check and I was in awe of these superhero type people he worked around they were funny and fun to be with men and women of all races all with the same mission to make the community a safer place. My dad sacrificed a lot and so did my late mother. Whether it was the week-long surveillance or wiretap or chasing drug runners across the country, he gave it all for the family and worked plenty of extra details to never let our family be without. Some would call that privilege, but where I grew up it was called hard work. The kids at school thought it was cool that my dad what my dad did and while he sometimes asked me if anyone gave me a hard time they never did there was a respect among all even the kids in the shop class i didn't grow up wanting to be a cop but one fateful night as a freshman in college that all changed i went changed i went on a ride along with my life's uh and my life's journey would never be the same after four years of college my dad wanted me at an agency uh that respected that education so i moved to tulsa um Oklahoma at 21 and never looked back. I didn't know anyone, and all I knew was that uh, what I saw my dad do, work hard, treat people with respect. I saw a lot of other cops working hard as well and doing all they could do to keep the community safe. 27 years have passed, and if you would have told me the condition of law enforcement today, I would never have believed you. It's not that law enforcement has changed for the worse, but everything has around it. The mental ill used to get retreatment, and now they just send cops. Kids used to be taught respect, and now it's cool to be respectful, disrespectful. Supervisors used to back you when you were right, but now they accuse you of being wrong in order to appease crazy people. Parents used to get mad at their kids for getting arrested, and now they get mad at us. The media used to highlight the positive contribution our profession gave to society and now that they either ignore it or twist the truth for controversy to line their own pockets they used to be there used to be a common respect among criminals if they got caught they understood you had to do your job and now it's our fault they sit in handcuffs rather than their own personal decisions we used to be able to satis- testify in court and we were believed Now, unless there's video from three different angles, no one cares what you have to say. With all this talk about racism and racist cops, I've never seen people treated differently because of their race. And while I know that cowards that have never done this job will call me racist for saying it, all I've ever seen was criminal behavior and cops trying to stop it, and they didn't give a rip what their skin color was. I've seen cops help and save any type of race gender ethnicity you can think of and while that used to mean something no one cares today i've been called every name you can think of and many of them with racial overtones and it's never come from cops i've watched african-american cops take the brunt of this and even talked one rookie out of quitting after he was berated by a lot of cowards that had the same skin color as him I've heard words I've never heard before being a cop. Uncle Tom, cracker, pig, uh, nigger, just to name a few. I've heard them thousands of times and never once did I see a police officer retaliate. They just took it. Despite that, it's been the greatest opportunity of my life to do this job. I would have recommended it to anyone. And I secretly hoped one of my kids would do it one day. They would have been a fourth generation cop, but today All of that is over. I wouldn't wish this job on my worst enemy. I would never send anyone I cared about into this hell that this profession has become. It's the only job you can do everything right and lose everything. It's the only job where the same citizens you risk your life for hate you for it. It's the only segment left in society where it's cool to discriminate and judge just because of the uniform you wear. You never get to explain. You never you can never reason with them. The nasty words have now turned into rocks and bottles and gunfire. I've watched it happen to those around me and I've seen the total destruction of their life. The job is a walking is, is a walking time bomb and you could get canceled or prosecuted on the very next call even if you do everything right. No profession has to deal with this. Doctors kill 250,000 people a year. They call them medical mistakes because society understands that they do a very difficult job under high stress, and they must make the best possible decision in the moment. Law enforcement is tasked with the same, and we are highly successful. Despite the most violent society we have ever seen, less than 1,000 suspects are killed in a year. 96% are at attacking us with weapons, and all but a few others are attacking us with their cars or their fists or more and more with simulated guns so Benjamin Crump can help their family win the lottery. I've seen cops risk their own lives when they shouldn't have, just to keep from taking one. They never got the credit that the professions get. Cowards are all around us, from chiefs to sheriffs to politicians. No one has our back. Now little, uh, now the little we have, we are told they are going to defend, defund us or abolish us. Citizens with a political agenda will reign over us, and all you have to do is wake up, put on a uniform to be a racist. This weekend, I received death threats for just doing my job. It would have been outrageous a decade ago and made national news. Now it's just Monday. There will be more threats, more accusations of racism, and more lies told about us. I used to talk cops out of leaving the job. Now I encourage them to do so. It's over, America. You did it. You finally did it. You aren't going to have to abolish the police. You won't be, we, we won't be around for it. And while I know most Americans still appreciate us, It's not enough, and the risk is too high. Those of you that say thank you or buy the occasional meal, it means everything. But those of you that were silent while the slow turning of the knives in our backs happened by thugs and cowards, this is on you. Your belief in hashtags and memes over the truth has and will create an environment in your community that you will never expect. If you think Minneapolis will turn into Mogadishu, and that is far from you, it's coming. And when it does, remember what your complicity did. This is America, and you made it. That is Travis, uh, and I was going to read another article he wrote about a chief that just had to resign uh, because of a spineless city council member. Travis Yates, and I think Travis Yates is probably about out of the business by now. And this has been happening over the past few days uh, as a fourth, third generation law enforcement official. So, this is all for this week. Um, and uh, I don't know what to tell you. I am, uh, I just don't know what to tell you. I'm pretty sad about some things. But uh, I'm going to do my best to get some wood on the ball and and uh, do the right thing. And I'm not going to put up with lies and uh, uh, manipulation and uh, pressure and uh, people that don't know what they're talking about. I'm going to call it as I see it. And if I go out that way, I'm going to feel good, really good about it. So some people say, Lou, I don't know how you can get away with doing it. I, I get away with it until I don't get away with it. And uh, if somebody wants to do something, that's fine with me so what we need in this country right now is people to stand up and if you don't stand up you're going to be complicit so uh this week uh try to get some wood on the ball and do something decent out there right and uh we live near Beale air force Base. that's where we live just a couple miles from it's the top reconnaissance base in the world and whenever I run into people from Beale or law enforcement people, I tell them I uh, appreciate their business. In fact, I ran into a post office tonight. I was picking up my mail, and I ran into one of the uh, correctional officers from Yuba County Jail. And and uh, well, we do a lot of classes, except we don't now for, with this COVID. But I was just asking him how I was going in there, and and told him I told him how much we appreciated him. I told him we were praying for him. We can't wait to come back in, and we missed him. And uh, we should. Take time. Uh, this is a really intense time. Take time to talk to your law enforcement people you see on the streets or um, the military people around town. Uh, this is a really important time. It's a it's a sensitive time, and you need to get some. And what we don't need is people like Gary Bradford uh, uh, being complicit in a march where they say, fuck cops on the deal. That ain't cool for me. And uh, that's bad news, really bad news. And, and, uh, and talking about when that group is trying to talk about defund cops when just a few years ago he was promoting in every way on his Facebook page and writing letters to the editor about he wants another 1% of our taxes to raise the money for cops. And now he's down there talking about defunding cops and disrespecting cops and identifying with that group. So, catch you next week, and uh, hope you have a good week.
10: We're so glad to see so many of
9: you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time.
10: We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you
9: do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some...